glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Hey, I'd like to have 75 degrees and sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Into the Put Me in Coach podcast. We are live on our Facebook page. It actually worked this time. We're not on our YouTube page. We're on our Facebook page. Bobby Blanco, Tom Natale, Greg Porter, Ian Foster with you. We are joined by former Redskins linebacker Robert Henson once again, friend of the program now. Robert, how are you? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm trying to stay sane. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <through this> quarantine. <laughs> So you've just the been the most exciting part of my day is going taking my dog for a walk now. Yeah, I'm honestly sorry. though, yeah. <laughs> so I've been so excited to take the trash out. <laughs> yeah. Go outside. So you've just been I hanging and chilling with the family. Trash two weeks in a row because I didn't know what day it was. Oh really? <laughs> so so I had a lot to do yesterday though. You need to have a counter in your in your in your house, Ian. I mean, it works out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, obviously, we all want to. Uh, main reason we're here is to recap the uh, NFL draft that happened over the weekend. We actually had some sort of live sporting event happen, which is much needed. I think everyone kind of needed something to look forward to and to participate in and, and talk about. But uh, first of all, Robert, we've actually been every week, well, the past two weeks now, we've been kind of discussing and going over The Last Dance as it's airing every Sunday night. Um, you've said you've been watching along too? Yeah, man. Um, nothing else on, and I mean, it's Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan in the '96 Bulls, so <laughs> yeah. you know you gotta watch. You gotta tune in. Yeah, and I feel like we're a part of that same same age group where we were, you know, old enough to remember that mm -hmm. era, but and then witnessing, you know, the post MJ era and where basketball is at today, and it's just it's night and day. Yeah, it's night and day. Uh, the first thing that popped out uh, to me when I was watching that documentary was. Um, a the starter jackets we used to wear when we were young. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody had a Bulls jersey or some kind of starter jacket or something. And then yep. B was the amount of hand checking and how physical it was uh, playing back then. So I mean, we kind of know the Jordan rules, but it's another thing to to see it and hear it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Jordan rules, he couldn't get airborne, right? And if he yep. did, they were gonna foul the shit out of him and then yeah, that's what Lambier let him go in. let him go baseline was that right or yeah well they, the around? uh keep him keep him out the paint i know that and then mm -hmm. keep him on the elbow or trap him on the elbow yeah force him up don't let him go baseline and then for shits uh don't let him go airborne that was yeah. that was it because <laughs> once he's airborne then mike's gonna be mike yeah that's and then you can do that mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, it, it's been it's been amazing. And I know, again, we're desperate just because we haven't had any sports to watch. But I mean, I even remember when this trailer dropped, even before the coronavirus and everything, and just the sports world just lit up and was uh, just so anxious and excited for uh, what's to come. And, you know, it's been as advertised, I think, so far. It's just some of the stories that I've since learned and just kind of I guess reinforcing some amazing memories I have as a young sports fan. Uh, but I liked how this episode was really also more geared towards 
Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson. And, uh, and really just my first thought is, can you guys imagine Dennis Rodman playing in an era like today? Oh, man, listen, so he'd be, him, him and Draymond Green would be fighting every, <laughs> <laughs> every time and, they play. And Draymond would be catching L's on that one. <laughs> yeah. But his, his off-the-field thing is just – I mean, you knew it, but it's another thing to like see it up close and personal, and them interviewing Carmen Electra and yeah. all that. She looked like she was just along for the ride. She was just like, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do. <laughs> but yeah, man, he was he was wilding. He was. Imagine if they had social media and all that back. Then. That's uh, he, he would have been. <laughs> he'd have been fried. <laughs> <laughs> And he just, can you imagine going to your boss, everybody, and going, look, I really need a vacation right now. I need to go on a bender in Vegas. And your <laughs> boss is like, okay. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> let, let me call in the best player in the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know what? One thing that, that I guess everybody's been talking about, that I kind of, it kind of caught me off guard too, was how Mike was kind of throwing little jabs out there at about everybody else's life. When you know he had his own personal issues going on, um, yes. yeah, the women, all that stuff. The, I don't know how many times he's been married, but you know those <laughs> issues, those things. But he was wilding too. But he just threw everybody else's stuff out in the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not talking about his gambling um, addiction that he was cheating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did all of it. He did all of it. Hey, Robert, yeah, what's you know, so? Yeah, go ahead. Bob. Well, I was just wondering, what's the mindset? Because you're, you know, a former professional athlete. What's the? I guess a basketball locker room is a little more tight knit than a football one now because of a smaller roster size. But what's the mindset if you're a part of that team and someone on your team decides I'm going away for 48 hours to go to Vegas and party? Like, is it depending on like <laughs> the person, like Dennis Rodman, or is it like, well, what the fuck? We're all kind of grinding here. That's there. It is. That's. Yeah. I think that would be the mindset. It's like we all need a fucking vacation. Like, you can just wait to the bye week. So yeah. what's the problem? Yeah. You know. So uh, that that would probably be, probably be the mindset. And then when he came back, he would probably get a lot of shit about it. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, as he should. Something as a, you know, I wanted to pick your brain about just because you know what we've always thought of is just you know there's the alpha dogs, there's leaders, and then there was Michael Jordan. He was just a next level competitor um i mean how does someone establish their dominance in a on a team like this and you know to really gain that alpha status in in my opinion and and, you know in situations that i've seen uh you establish it by a being vocal and uh just leading by actions and (laughs) making those key plays in key moments of the game and like for me personally, just a foot. I know the football dynamics a little different, but when you see a guy catch a tough pass between two, three guys, when you really need, and he continuously does that, those actions, you know, in the game really make people, uh, other players gravitate towards him and say, he's a dog. Like I, I got the same mindset. I want to be like him or I want to follow him. So, uh, I, I really think it's more of more of what you say and you back it up in game. Be a dog. Was there was there a true alpha in the Redskins locker room? Uh, nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I look at a lot of guys. And I think, now, don't get me wrong; there were great guys who were leaders, but they I wouldn't call them alpha. 
when I think of alpha, I think of um, just guys that you hold in reverence. Like you just like, holy shit, that's him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or he told me to do this. I got to do it. Like there, there was nobody like that. I think the closest guy to that though would be London. Uh, yeah, London was a, kind of that guy where he would come and say something, but most of the time it fell on deaf ears because <laughs> just the ego part of being a player is like, hey man, I got mm-hmm. this. Play linebacker. Right? I play defensive end. Get your ass back there and let me do my thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's an ego thing too. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what was so also so interesting about Phil Jackson, obviously being a former player, but I thought his ability to manage these personalities. And I think that's got to be one of the most challenging things to do for any professional sport is to manage, you know, the egos in, in competitiveness of dozens of, you know, top class athletes. Yeah. It did yeah, twice. Uh, I think I think just from you know, hearing guys talk and having friends that play kind of everywhere, um, uh, the, the one name that keeps coming up more than anything is Pete Carroll. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think just from, you know, people love playing for Pete Carroll for some reason. And, and I mean, a lot of guys are like I, that I know that have played for him love yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems to be themselves. Good. Exactly. And, and I think that was key to Dennis Rodman's success, obviously, in Chicago, is they accepted him for who he was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're just like, they let him flourish. I, I, I didn't, and Dennis well, had to didn't back it up. Had a choice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was going to do you know, it with or without yeah. you. You just, you just, you got to sign on nothing. <laughs> you get the and, rebounds you know, and you get the colored hair. And yeah. you know the the parallels yeah. they made to Phil Jackson with Dennis Rodman, it was really cool. And I feel like that was the mm. you know their bond was on it was different than you know it seemed like most player coach they they seem to understand each other. You know, always being an outsider. Maverick is what he was called. Yeah, being able to connect and uh, understand where a player came from as well as what got, what made him who he is, you know. So I think those are key things that, that help. Uh, I think Ron Rivera got a few of those qualities. Well, I hope so. It seems yeah. like he's on his way to establishing kind of that kind of culture of, well, well what do you think? Because it seems like he's kind of – bordering both towing both lines where he's a much of a, a player's coach. Like he understands the players and where they're coming from, but also being kind of that hard ass and being like, you're, you're with us or you're against us or you're kind of in our way. And you're, it's kind of be, either be my way or the highway, but he's also has that, like, I understand where you're coming from. Let's kind of work towards the common goal here. Yeah. It seems like it to me, um, uh, just from my experience, uh, just to give you, some, some a coach equated to Jim Zorn. My rookie year, he was a player's coach, but he got ran over a lot. I mean, I remember list. I remember when being in practice one time. We were about to play the Giants for the first uh, game of the season, and he told Clinton to get in to, so he could see this blitz that the Giants run. And Clinton was like, "For what? I played him a million times. Like I know what they run, you know." And he just accepted it. To where, you know, being a young guy, I'm looking like, what the hell? Like, that's in my mind. Like, the <laughs> told me to run through you a wall. I'd probably do a back. Like, I would run through it at first. Like, yeah. But, you know, and then, you know, you transition to Shanahan, who was a hard ass, honestly. I don't think he was not a player's coach, in my opinion. It was his way at the highway. And, uh, you know, you lose guys in that, in that respect, too, because they feel like you can't relate to them. There's no give. It's just yeah. his way. That's it. 
There's no like Ron. You could tell he wants both. Like he'll mm-hmm. work with you. But you also have to give him like something. Trent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have it, to give him something in return. And I'd, I'd highly recommend watching the uh, All In series on Amazon Prime with the Panthers from a couple of years ago. You can really see, uh, you know, yeah, obviously Ron from a coaching standpoint, but just his his personality. There was a um, a segment in which Devin Funches, the former Camp Panthers receiver, was having a really really tough time in practice and was dealing with some uh, you know some family issues back at home and just you know kind of took it out on the field practice field unprofessionally and. You know, a lot of coaches would kick them out, you know, curse them out. And he just took him by the shoulder and, and just sat down with him and just, you know, looked at him in the face, talked to him man to man and just flipped up, calmed down. And, you know, you, you didn't really see such a, I guess, such a real moment like that, um, especially in the NFL. And that's that was kind of that, I don't know, light bulb moment that I was like, OK, we actually have someone here that uh, it seems like she like a legitimate person, <laughs> legitimate yeah, dude. That cares and not just trying to collect his paycheck. Mm-hmm. Does does a coach need to be a former player to to truly gain it the helps. respect of this? Yeah, it 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 really helps. Uh, he mm-hmm. doesn't need to be a all world, all pro, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. As long as as long as he's a former player, I think I really think it helps. When I actually when I think about it, some of my best position coaches were former players. I'm I, like I love. Of course, them. I, I'm in contact with them to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a different type of relationship. It's a different atmosphere. Um, and they and them being former athletes can look at you and tell whether you get a play. If you don't get it, you get a concept. Like they can look at you and tell by your body language, by you know what what your facial expression is. They just get it easier. Yeah, they've been you. They, it's a little bit easier to get that instruction because you know getting that. They're just like, okay, he's been where I'm at. Get that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was only one former player coach that I really didn't like, and that was Hazlitt. He was a dick. <laughs> that does not surprise me in the least bit. You are probably like not that. alone like that at all. <laughs> no. We we um, as fans did not like him either. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, of dicks, it's um I, I just to end on that last dance segment was uh huh? you know the, the main point of that documentary was about the Pistons series, and that's what really the the hump that the Bulls needed to go over. And the Pistons played a style of basketball that was just um, mental. They were bullies, and I, they, their goal from the tip was to get under their opposing team's skin. And as soon as they had the mental edge, it was over. Um, and uh, just what are your guys' thoughts on you know teams like that? And are, are those teams you root for? Are those teams you despise? It's uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, depends a lot on where they come from. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So if it's like if it's a Dallas team, like go fuck yourself. <laughs> but Detroit. Okay, let's go. Let's go beat the shit out of some people. And then, like, and like, I got no. And then with Chicago, you know, they hate Detroit. I mean, they're right there. They're like geographically so close to each other. So of course yeah. they hate Detroit. So them being Pistons being the team that bullies them is going to piss them off even more. Oh, yeah, man, what a great rivalry. I don't know. I, I wish we I, still I, had that. I was, a, I was, a, I'm of the mindset of you know, when I played, I was an asshole on the field. I talked a lot. And if I could do little things to piss you off and get you off your game, it only made me play harder because I knew you were gunning for me. And it also gave, I felt like it gave me a psychological edge over my opponent. Um, I mean, little things like, like you tackle a guy and you, you, when you're getting up, you put your knee in his chest to get it up. You know what I mean? Or, or put your hand on his face mask and like, you know, just little stuff. Um, I, I remember getting blocked by guards and tackles 
and they would literally be driving me off the ball. And I'm thinking, damn, I'm going for a ride. But I grabbed the end of part of their shoulder pads and just pull them over me. Like, just a little dick shit like that. Like, it, it really makes a difference. You know what I mean? And it pisses them off. Yeah. And then the next time, they're overly aggressive, and I can make them miss easier. So, it's, it's – I don't know. I don't know if you really root for those teams, but – yeah. It, again, I do think it depends on location too. With those two teams being so close together, it does make a difference. And yeah, if those I mean, guys are on your team, then you absolutely love them. Yeah, yeah right. Of course. <laughs> and, if, and if they're on your most hated team, then guess what? You're gonna loathe them. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. And and Detroit specifically, they're unapologetic for who they were. Mm-hmm. This is I love our good. style. This is what we did, and you know we we're not going to apologize for it. So, you know, I, I can respect that. And. Um, in hindsight, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just thinking in in having seen how the Celtics treated the Pistons when they handed over, you know, the the reins to the top and then seeing how the Pistons did it to Jordan. I think that, I think that was, it was, it was bullshit. Honestly, it's a real unfair um, knock on the Pistons and on Zeke most, more importantly, uh, I, I mean, it's just, it was, it was bullshit. And me, I, the only difference that I could see in my mind was the pissing. I mean, the Celtics were a predominantly white team and the Celtics were a black team. So those black guys don't know how to win or they don't know how to lose. That's how I, that's how I saw it. And I internalized it. Like I'm interested in knowing what you guys saw, what you. Well, one, it was Lambert's idea. And yeah. Lambert has <laughs> won that. <laughs> But it did, seem, it, it did. It did seem to be like a thing. Like, the, the like media, said, yeah. it was like a thing. Y'all beat our ass. We leaving. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's still like there is still a lot of acrimony with those two teams. I mean, when they asked, like Isaiah seems very just like, look, this was what happened to us, and we're just doing, you know, what from what we experienced. And I understand that. And then I can see from an outsider's perspective is that is you just being oh that's horrible sportsmanship um and i you know looking at this diplomatically like michael jordan said hey we we lost two you know horrible series to them yeah he did shake their hands so i mean and i mean there's still no love lost between those teams and michael was quite vocal (laughs) about that Um, i I can remember plenty (laughs) of times i just walked off the field i didn't say shit to nobody so i'm not one to talk (laughs) like Yeah. yeah Some of them just hurt yeah. different, man. Yeah. I th- yeah, I mean, I I think it really paints the Pistons in a bad picture, for sure. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas has already has, has does not have the best reputation. Um, and I think that just kind of fuels to that narrative of them just being outliers. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine having to answer the same question for 20 years, though. I mean, that should yeah. <laughs> 30 years like come on bro like it's over but. yeah i think in retrospect though like I, so i'm too young to remember any of this when it happened but if i had watched <laughs> it had watched it live and lived through yeah, it oh, yeah. i would have been like you I, you saw jordan in a wizard's jersey oh uh, yeah i have a wizard's jersey yeah, somewhere around here <laughs> a jordan wizard's jersey uh but i think like at the time i would have been like that's that's shitty. That's disrespectful. Like Michael shook your hand. Yep. You should shake their hands. But I think nowadays, like looking at today's NBA versus back then, I would kill for some animosity like that right now. I think the NBA. I, the reason I don't really watch the NBA now is because 
one, they don't play like they used to play back then. It wasn't as physical. Um, it wasn't as directive basketball as we've seen. Like in, I loved Phil Jackson destri- describing the triangle offense and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, today it's just so much one on one, and there are no real rivalries anymore. It's just kind of you just go. You know, everyone watches the Warriors, the Lakers. Uh, the Raptors, whoever's dominating, the, you know, Giannis, and it's just there's no animosity between any teams anymore, and I would kill for that right now. Well, I think the biggest issue, the biggest reason there is no animosity because you got to think about where how, how far how far basketballs come, especially uh, from like high school to college. I mean, a lot of these guys played on the same AAU team, right? You yeah, know what I mean? True. They played on the same travel team. So they all know each yeah. other. There's no real yeah. animosity. And True. when it does happen on the court, nobody believes it for one. Because yeah. it's so fake. Like you punch a guy, you push him, and you run. You know, <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah. like that. So Unless yeah. you're Ray yeah. John Rondo and Chris Paul. Those two don't like each other. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Rondo in that fight, by the way. Every day. Yeah, every time. So long. <laughs> Chris Paul's my boy. You got the reach. Chris Paul's my boy, but I, I got to take Rondo now. <laughs> every time. Yeah, and they've been in the limelight since they were teenagers. So, yeah. you know, they're used to having cameras in their face. And, and you know, I, I, I get that. It's, um, you know, Bobby, I, I understand that there's not that same kind of intensity. I think you'll see that in playoff, like NBA playoffs. Um, you know, yeah, they try Giannis a and Embiid go, go, will go at it. And, you know, uh, Embiid's like a that. social media warrior. He's not going to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love he Ron. really is, though. <laughs> Yeah. But it's it's the I call it the A era, and the reason I say that is because every time somebody drives to the basket, they yell A because they want a damn foul. Like it's so annoying, bro. Like that's actually back. a really good name. Yeah, you're not you're not even going to back to play defense because you're crying about something that happened ten minutes ago. Right, like that's ridiculous to me. And then so, watching I mean, the highlights of Jordan, every like when the Pistons were like kicking him to the ground he just sits there and then he gets back up and run, you know it's if that were lebron i mean lebron's a great basketball player don't get me wrong but that's lebron he's crying for 15 minutes about it yeah, like he's not going to shut no, up about it true. and michael michael was like I mean, but that hurt but i'm gonna i gotta go i gotta go play defense you even think about you even think about when rodman was explaining to the ref like hey like you didn't see that yeah and he was like well shit it's you i didn't see nothing when it comes to you you know yeah. what i mean yeah. <laughs> but i'm watching your shit you know exactly. it, was, it was a different era man and it was yeah. i think it was dope it was amazing the, the thing that the the quick scene that really stuck to me was with scotty in which in the against the pistons dennis rodman clearly blatantly aggressively pushed him um under the basket he went falling into the stands and typically i mean your your instincts come in if someone pushes you you know you mm-hmm. get up and you're in you know fight or flight mode and i thought for sure that when Robin pushed him, that his teammates would come to his defense, Scotty would get up, and then it would just be a melee. And the Bulls did nothing. And Scotty just, you know, yeah. shook, shook, shook it off and, and stood back up and went to go take his free throws. And I was like, I, I, my mind was blown. I was like, his, they cannot let the Pistons get in our heads. That is not going to get in my head. Well, in a way, two or three years of getting your ass whooped. (laughs) (laughs) You got to try something different. Yeah. They literally got their asses whooped. Yeah. And in a way, that was them getting into the Pistons' heads. Like, you're you're not getting in here. We're going to beat you on the the scoreboard, and and it's over. And that's it. And they kicked their ass. I think one one thing um, that stood out to me was how underpaid Scotty Pippen was. I didn't know that. 
Neither did we. We talked about that last week. I, I did not know that, and it really pissed me off. Just being a former player, like it pissed me off. Well, okay, but so so let me ask you, as a former player, I mean, I think also I didn't know that, but also didn't know what a tough situation Scotty Pippen was in. I mean, he was considered he had to take care of his family. He had two people in his household in wheelchairs. You know, you're given this. I mean, the, obviously the money and numbers are different now, but like you're given this seven year guaranteed nineteen million to fourteen whatever it was million dollars. I, that's a tough call. Like, what do you think? Like, he should have done like guaranteed or no? Let's make it a shorter deal and hopefully I can earn more down the line. Well, I mean, I, I it's tough because so he tough. did have two. He did have two dependents, real dependents in his household. But yeah, um, you know, you got to take the shorter deal, honestly. I understand it guaranteed, but when you think about it, basketball, all of their contracts are guaranteed. So uh, they could they could get drafted and not play a single uh, minute of basketball and get all their money. Mm-hmm. So, Gilbert, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's but doing yeah, all right. It's, it's a tough – yeah, Gilbert's doing real good. It's, it's a tough uh, it's a tough situation to be in, but you got to take the shorter contract. But when you think about it back then, that wasn't popular. Guys wanted yeah. to play for one team a yep. whole career. So, I mean, it yeah. made sense in, given the era that it, that it was in. Yeah, I, I think that's another issue why there's really a lack of rivalries in the NBA just because players are – there's so much roster turnover every yeah, season. not there so, long enough. No. Should have been a great rivalry between the Thunder and the Warriors, right? And they also one of them bitched out. Yup. And here we are. I got my thoughts about that, but we're all in agreement. Yeah, (laughs) you're in agreement here. If I was Um, Russell Westbrook, I would just called him out, bro. Like, had to. Yep. I don't think he's like. I, I know he has a lot of friends in the league, but like. Yeah, these are two consecutive teammates, Russell Westbrook and Jerry Long Green, that both said that he's just yeah. fragile. Yeah, very yeah. much so. He's yeah. not mentally tough. Uh, and that's surprising given his skill, his set of skills and how how good he is. I respect his game. I mean, uh, it's just like Kobe, rest in peace. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I respected Kobe's game. I thought he was a shitty teammate when he played. But you got to respect the guy's game. So. You know, Durant's a great player. But those are the type of guys you don't want in the locker room because a lot of secrets, a lot of things will be said out of frustration and, you know, just trying to get back at guys. A lot of wives will be contacted. <laughs> just, <laughs> just out of stuff like that. I mean, a burner account, like you're a grown man. And that's bro. when you know. Yeah. 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 Just whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> no drum stomp. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Let's go on to the draft. We had a a bit busy uh, weekend for all of us. I watched pretty much. Oh, is that this weekend? Shut up, Greg. Shut up, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Guys. You guys, um, I swear to God, I must have had like average. I'm being conservative here. Probably like 125 texts twice. So you do keep us on mute. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course, you do keep us on mute. It was no, I don't keep you on mute. I just don't check it throughout the day. It's a goddamn sports Especially podcast, when Gregory. Like, that. like <laughs> when everything started on Thursday, I just like wasn't dealing with it. All right. And then and we only had one pick Friday. that day. <laughs> 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 and we 
only had one pick. On I know. Thursday. In the first Early. two minutes. In the yeah. first minutes. It started at like 8.30 in the morning. I was just like, I thought I was the only one up right now. It was like well, Christmas. No, it, this is the it, only it sports that was available. You know, it, it got very intense because Ian and Bobby were live betting who, which team is uh, going to pick. They want some good money. They're going to play good defenses. Got to bet on something. <laughs> and then uh, me being obsessed with the draft, they're like, text me, okay, Tom, who do the Vikings need? I'm like, ugh. All I want to know is offense or defense? Offense or defense? And when it came a, out we that they were rate. listening to offers about the second round pick, how tight were you guys? Wait, For what, Trent? When they were talking about the first round pick, when they were going to go second, that people were oh. offering them to take that pick. Oh, oh. You guys were worried, like, we don't think they're going to do it, but what if they did? Like, that was, I was reading through some of those. I was like, Jesus Christ. The, the day of, I didn't. I was most worried leading leading up to it. It, it pissed me off because the yeah. Bengals took all 10 minutes that they had to make Joe yeah. Burrow. Right? Yeah. Which, what like, the fuck that was, was that? the most obvious pick of the draft. So yeah. it's like, can we move on to our pick, please? Yeah, but then the Redskins and made the their first, pick. like, 25 minutes were, like, Roger Goodell and Harry Connick Jr. singing the National Anthem. Why we have to do the National Anthem for a draft, <laughs> a virtual draft, I'll never understand. <laughs> okay. I was like, I what, the, what the hell? And then, then Kelly Clarkson got on her lip sync, and then they <laughs> It's terrible. I don't want to see this. Robert, I was losing my fucking mind. It was so... I will tell you one thing, though. This, this was good for Roger Goodell. I said the same yeah. thing. Because yeah. it was good to see him in a different light where he was like at home, mm-hmm. kickback, chilling, like, all right, yep. sitting down, all right, with the next pick. I, I like that. I yeah. did too. And if anything, I, I like him saying, bring on the booze. Like, he was like, yeah, just <laughs> embracing the booze. I was like, that's pretty cool. I think if anything, <laughs> yeah. it just made him look like he, in fact, is just a huge dweeb. Like, <laughs> no, no, no one likes him. No, I, don't, I, I can't imagine I can't anyone likes him, but he just seems like a, a dweeb. Like, He's so awkward, and, like, I get it. You're talking to a bunch of fans who probably can't hear you. That's pre-recorded on a TV, but yeah, you're just right. so unbelievable. <laughs> and then you see the montage of him talking to each peak, uh, each pick afterwards and, like, give me a virtual hug and, like, dat me up. And I was yeah. like, you're such a white dude. You're, like, the most <laughs> middle-aged white man I've ever seen. Oh, man. The first time I ever met him, he came in to talk to the teams because I think the lockout was – was, there was a possibility that the lockout could happen in 2010. He came in to talk. He had, like, the first four buttons of his shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> was like, he looked like he just stepped out of a brute commercial. Bro. I was like, bro, <laughs> what the hell is this? Like, it's terrible. That's funny. Did you see when uh, New Orleans pick was up first? Apparently he like digged them by not. Apparently New Orleans fucking hates Gide- uh, Goodell. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, because of the yeah. championship game two years yeah. ago. Yeah. Apparently he didn't uh, turn to the uh, monitor as he turned to everybody else to tell him the chair. Uh, he's just like, uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah bye. <laughs> before we get into the particulars, uh, Robert, Ian, and I, and the whole group, we have spoken about this repeatedly and it drives me absolutely crazy with espn oh god this is when a player <laughs> I, gets drafted, i know exactly what you're talking about and it pisses this me is, off too it this is the best day too. of your life and and well his uncle died in 2008 and are like they brought up t higgins his mother has battled addiction for 16 years yeah like Dude. that shit that pisses me off too Every, like Come on! I, what, what I really thought you were going to talk about is every time the Redskins on the clock, they went to commercial. Oh, they did oh, that, three that times. Did every fucking time, they came back. <laughs> they came back and didn't talk about the player that we took. They yes. talked about every other fucking player, but they didn't yeah. think about the player we took. And they didn't yeah, keep the bottom bar though, on. Like, 
Every year. You know what? My, my, me and my wife watching it, and I'm like, we literally looked at each other like, what the fuck is going on? Who cares about <laughs> what happened when he was six? He got his toe hit by a coffee table. Like, we don't give a shit. Like, it, it makes no sense. Why do they keep going None. back on shit? Like, but yeah, um, I was never in doubt that they were going. I never thought that I, even though I was hearing that they were entertaining offers to trade out of two, but that was two, three weeks in advance. So, I, that's why I was hearing it from a direct source. So that's why I went on Twitter and I was like, they probably not going to like this, but I'm going to drop it because like, like it's, it's a possibility that it could happen. Um, and then obviously they didn't. Um, it's the same thing. As a matter of fact, let me get that out of the way. It's the same thing about the Odell situation. <laughs> I heard directly, I was on the phone in a three-way call with people close and like and he and he it was basically said that look, Washington's making a move for you. Like we're gonna try to make it happen. And I'm like I asked direct source, and I was like, fuck, that would be crazy. I can't drop that. You can you can even hit Robbie Duncan up on Twitter because I call him and tell him all kind of shit that I can't tell everybody else. And I hit him up and he was like, bro, if that happens, and I was like, I know, I won't get too excited, like whatever. Whatever it's gonna be, but the deal was supposed to have Trent in it and Odell, and we were offered oh, something else. I, mean, I don't know what else the deal was, but but <laughs> his agent literally told him Washington is making a play for you, so just be ready. And Damn. his his response was, "Okay, I got you." Yeah. I so oh. when I heard that. I was so fucking. I was like, oh, I gotta tell people, bro. But, <laughs> so I sat on I sat on it for weeks, and then I just basically just threw it out and said. Don't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I didn't want to make a bold prediction, but I was just like, don't be surprised because you that's, what, well. that's what I was hearing. So yeah, it's good on you, man. OPSEC, loose slips, sink ships. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that was a good way. That's a good way to say it. Too. Yeah. I think that's a good way to handle it, too. But yeah. so, like, all right. Well, oh, that would have been. Can you imagine if they did, though, how much of the sales would have gone out of Rivera if we sold away the fucking uh, first pick? Yeah. If we went. It, we won't have to do it for that. Yeah. No, no, no. Never Kirkers Kirk and would have Kirk been Cousins fucking groups would have been. That would have been like a complete like. Yeah. What the fuck? But well, I think Odell coming here, yeah. that would have been a complete. I I don't. No, yeah, that's what I mean. Is like how much division that would have created. Yeah. Been like what? I mean, he's guy. a great player. He's not a Ron guy. I don't think he's a Ron guy. Mm-hmm. We we keep creating this Ron guy stuff, yeah. and it's not. It's, there's no such thing really. If right. a guy can play, he's probably going to be around. Like. So, I mean, whether his attitude is what it is. And I think Odell unfairly got coined a diva. Like, he is a diva, but he got coined a drama queen. When you think about it, he's never had an off-the-field issue. It's never been nothing crazy. Like, I mean, we we literally played receivers who killed people. True. He's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> multiple multiple uh, positions. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not just not just receivers. Yeah, yeah. got everybody. But, but I was I was the more and more I watched Chase, uh, like I was I was happy with the pick. I just I I don't I was just trying to level like level people's expectations too, because I mean how many guys have we seen come out with pass rushers? Aaron Curry, uh, I can name others. I mean I, the guy from Southern Illinois who was supposed to be a beast. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a, I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of northern Illinois, but there were a lot of pass rushers who put up good numbers. In. But I, I it do doesn't translate. Chase, I do think Chase is a real deal, though. You came on our show a couple months ago, and you even said like that you have to take 
Chase Young. Like you're drafting best available at that spot, and he's gonna be there. I'm guessing you still stand by that. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what to me, in my opinion, the first and second round or best player available. Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. we, I don't think about needs. If they happen to be in the position that I need, that's fine. But three, four, five, those are the the rounds that you're developing to be, you know, guys that you need in positions of need. You're developing them to be starters. That's why when the Redskins took Perry my second year, like he they were they were developing, they was trying to develop him into a starter. You know what I mean? Sure. So you Perry know, Riley, right? Yeah. So a lot of fans see third, fourth, fifth round guys and they think, oh shit, he's playing special teams. He'll start there, but you want to develop him into a bigger role. Um, sixth and seventh round guys are your special team guys, really. Shit, Terry was drafted to be mainly a special teams guy. Right, that's, just, that's what was just, uh, he was supposed to be the best special team in the in the draft last year, but then yeah. he just balled out. Yeah, and he, um, he did, and I think with best player available, you can never not have enough pass rushers. I mean, especially as uh, your former teammate, Brian Kerrigan's got a, you know, he's on the, the last leg of his career. This has got to be his, I assume, his last season here in Washington um, where they, you know, have a guy they can plug in and play right away and still develop him in Montez Sweat to um, develop them appropriately, the anti-Mineski. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait to see what Del Rio has in store in a 4-3 with Montez. Those the D line. Oh my god! It's just uh, yeah. So Robert, I, what, I you got you got five starters for only four. What do you do? Then what do you mean? The Giants <laughs> coined it back in the day. The NASCAR yeah. packages, all that stuff, man. Like it, the, it just it makes everybody a threat along that mm-hmm. D line. You you can't. And I do agree. One guy has to sit and rotate, but you can't double anybody when you think about it. <laughs> And that wow. is nasty to me. Can you that's imagine so Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen one-on-one in the middle? Yeah. Like, that's yep. going to be nasty. They are going to benefit more than anybody. That's what I was going to yeah. ask. It's like, who, if you have edge rushers like Montez Sweat and Chase Sung on each side, and then also rotating Kerrigan in there every once in a while, who's going to eat the most? I mean, there are plenty of mouths to feed. Do you think it's going to come up the middle? Do you think it's going to be spread out more? Or are those guys going to dominate on the outside? Well, when you when you have that threat of a, a edge rusher on the outside, like for instance, when we used to game plan against um, the Giants, the the goal was to get to Eli, but it was to apply enough pressure to make him step up and let Hainsworth eat, but he never did. So, <laughs> he um, He did. Just not. But that, that was the that was the goal. Like, yeah. Is to get around the edge, but you know it didn't happen that way because Arakpo only had one move, and. Uh, <laughs> Racked my boy, but he only had one move, and he never he did. <laughs> he did. But, yeah, so with that much pressure coming around the edge, you have no choice but to step up. You're stepping up into 600 pounds of knock your ass out, and it's going to be really, really good to see. At, out of those three, Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, and, and Deron Payne, is there one in particular that this 4-3 defense is really going to be um, to their benefit? Uh, I think – I think Jonathan Allen really. I think you'll see Deron yeah. still take on most of the double teams at the three technique, but they both could equally eat the same, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, you have to help one one or the other, and whoever you let free is going to be one on one. And Deron has enough strength to 
to bow that middle of the offensive line. Yeah, he does. And Jonathan Allen has enough speed and athleticism to get around those guards and centers. So uh, I think I think they'll both kind of eat equally, if you ask me. I feel like the, the recipe to a successful defense is, is pretty simple, where if you can generate pressure without blitzing, then you're setting everything else up for your linebackers and secondary. Yep, all of a sudden your, your corners play better, your linebackers play better because they can be more aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. You can play without thinking. I don't have to worry about if, oh, my, it's like in the 3-4, I constantly had to worry about is Hainsworth getting over, is he crossing the center space? If he don't, then I got to go backside. Like that slows you down. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're in the 4-3, you don't have to think about that. You just run, man, and make plays. And it makes it a lot easier for the guys around you. All of a sudden, corners are jumping balls, playing more aggressive. You know, it's just it's, – it's it'll benefit everybody. And one thing I like about Del Rio, he goes what's working. If it's not working, he'll throw his shit out of the box and be like, all right, what do y'all got? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? One so I, I believe that's I believe that's called him, an ad- really receptive to players feedback. So Robert, you you mentioned that's funny you mentioned that because as a lifelong Redskins fan, I believe you just described an adjustment. <laughs> yeah, right. What the fuck Got is it. that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly I've seen the other teams do it a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah. they're really Jim good at. Was it. allergic to him. Dusty <laughs> was allergic to him. Yeah, he was. Definitely, has a definitely allergic. Man, it was just so good to see uh, cohesion in Ashburn. I tweeted that the other day mm-hmm. when Ron was talking about Kyle Smith and they oh. were just complimenting each other. You could tell it wasn't just, you know. Forced. It wasn't. Yeah. 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 And and um, it's just so good to see, you know, front office people working with coaches and not being in a dick measuring contest the whole time. So mm-hmm. We've been in one oh. since Bruce Allen took over, so. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, the, the fact that there's a new sheriff in town, we did a deal with the 49ers. Trent Williams is now in San Francisco. We wouldn't have even spoken with them because of this discord between Shanahan and Bruce Allen. Yeah, and that's one, one thing that pissed me off on Twitter was a lot of fans going at Trent. Like, well, he sat no. out. He sat out. No, he came back to play, and they put his ass on that list out of spite. Bruce Allen put him on the list out of spite. Like, so, I mean – you know, uh, I think they did Trent a favor by sending him there in particular. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That was kind of our, their way of saying, look, we appreciate what you did and we wish you the best. You know, yeah. and I just I, – in my thinking is having grown up with Trent having, and, and I know him personally, I want people to really appreciate the shit that he did while he was here. Um, Absolutely. Playing through pain, Absolutely. playing he, when he really didn't have to. He was already – he could just sit out and get his money. Um, and then somebody brought up – one of the fans brought up the weed issue he had. And I was like, right, so you did everything perfectly in your life, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, we can't really pass judgment on this dude, man. You know, nope. Yeah. nobody really knows. So, uh, And weed is I, allowed now, too. So it's like, who even Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, for example, I went on Twitter after, as soon as, like, after the trade was announced. And Trent, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you've done for the organization it was a you know it's a pleasure to watch you work and you know i mean that for any any player that you know busts his ass to that level i I mean how could you not be appreciative of it and you know he deserves an opportunity to to, uh you know play for a contender he's probably one of the best team in the nfc yeah yeah and he makes that team a lot a lot better yeah with the coach he's familiar with in a scheme i mean he he's this is i mean the best team he's been on like by 
ridiculous numbers. It's definitely set up for success. It's probably his ideal. Yeah. I mean, Robert, you might know it's probably his ideal landing spot because it's better than Cleveland. It's better than Tampa. And then like Tom well, said, it's the scheme. He didn't, want, he, didn't, he didn't want to go to Cleveland. Yeah. He was open to Tampa, but he was he, I know for a fact Cleveland, he did not want to go. Yeah. Yeah. But Got then it. you fit yeah. the scheme Don't that Shanahan has that in the running game and then the passing game that he's already That's familiar with. Too. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it just seems like an ideal spot for him. And now he has a chance to go win a Super Bowl. They drafted him too just, because he fits that scheme so well. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, I, I'm just so glad that this is over with too. And Kyle Smith said that too. He was, and I appreciated yeah. his candor. Just like, I'm so sick of talking about this. And, yeah. you know, when it, when it came down to it, Bruce Allen absolutely just fucked it I up. I mean, he, 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 yeah, he just times a million. And, you know, this was just making the best situation out of it. Um, move on and he's on another team that's not in the division and he is going to have an opportunity to play some serious uh meaningful football late in the season so everybody's a winner uh, now. yep yeah thank god it's over trent's happy we're happy we got we even got a third rounder out of it which surprised me at this point yeah but i'll take it and really you got to think if it wasn't for trent do you think we still have bruce we might still have bruce <laughs> yeah you we actually <laughs> I it I honestly don't understand what he what he had over Mr. Snyder or Madame. Dude, like, is he holding a sex tape? Something. That's like, what I Tom always says. Stripper of cocaine or something. Something, bro. Like it's I've never seen somebody so bad at their job allowed to stay there so long. Like it's just. He even and got not, o- not only like, that, he turned all of, like all the players hated. Yeah. All the players yeah. hated. They're drinking guys. Uh, I hate him. But we love yeah. Kyle Smith, though, so let's get Love Kyle Smith. Yeah, let's go over his draft real quick. So, obviously, I know we, we have Chase Young. That was, again, obvious. Uh, just to kind of go in order, uh, third-round pick, Antonio Gibson, who is a running back, wide receiver hybrid. Bobby, I know you have been just salivating over his YouTube highlights ever since. Um, some quick facts about him. He's 6'2", 221. He averaged um, 15.6 yards per touch this season. He averaged 28 yards per kick return on 33 carries. 16 of them, he broke tackles. On 17, on 38 catches, 17 of them, he broke tackles. He's elusive. He's an ex, He's an outstanding athlete. He's just, you know, doesn't really fit a specific position. What are you guys' thoughts on him? I like he's a weapon. I like how he described himself as a weapon and that he – I was concerned at first when they, because Goodell, he either fucked it up or someone gave him the wrong information because he called him a running back. (laughs) And I was like, why are we taking a running back right now? Why are we taking a running back? But the fact that he can be used as that weapon, um, as in the slot receiver type, they even said that he is more of like, like weapon, like flex type than Christian McCaffrey is because he, McCaffrey can be more of a true running back. And and Gibson is more of a receiving type down back. So and Robert, you even you I saw you tweeted about him that so you you heard that he's probably gonna be used more as a receiver, right? Yeah, my guy in the front office was like, uh, he's also I asked him. I said, what about this Gibson kid? I never because I never heard of him. Yeah, and he Me was, neither. He was he was his his text to me was big play waiting to happen. Yeah. Uh, then he I said so receiver. He was like he'll start at running back. He'll start off as a running back. And then they'll work him in at receiver or wherever, uh, turn to see, uh, see fit. But he'll start off at running back at 6'2, 220. He has a size for us. Big guy. Yeah. So, I like that. Uh, again, and then you put him in the slot if you need to, or 
uh, it, that pick did kind of confuse me, but after talking to him, he assured me that that guy can make plays. He's trouble in space. Yeah, I, I would say I like safely. That. he's. We could pencil him in as our kick returner right off the start. Yeah, um, that was another thing I, I, I think, was talking about. Which is, which is good. And then also that's a plus for Cam, uh, Steven Sims because now that's going to give him an opportunity to really focus primarily on playing receiver. You know, be the every down slot receiver. You know, I, I want to see, I think, where the NBA has advanced is they have just, you know, developed positionless players and just putting them into space and letting their athleticism take over. And so, yes, Antonio Gibson, you, he might be a running back at Madden, for example. But, you know, I, I think I, I want to see us get creative with him. You know, can he be in the backfield at the same time as Darius Geis? I think we'd see him on reverses and arounds, stuff like that, screens. Just, you know, put him in space and let his athleticism do the work because if his uh, YouTube highlights are any inclination, I mean, he is next level athletic. I'm more concerned about how many guys are in that running back room. So uh, many. I don't really understand some of the signings. I mean, Kiss, it didn't make yeah. sense to me. Barber didn't make Aiden sense. Like, Barber, they, no. they really they don't make sense to me. They're not scheme fit guys, but so yeah. I couldn't get a, te- I couldn't get a sense of like, what are you trying to achieve? Like Adrian Peterson, Guys, one cut runners. Yeah, Gibson, he can do everything. I mean, the, the McKissick, I wouldn't say one cut. Uh, mm-hmm. Barbara, I wouldn't really say one cut. I'd say power game, like you know, one of those power runners. But we still don't know what Bryce Love's going to be. And Bryce, well, Bryce, we don't Bryce know Love, what the hell is going on with Bryce Love. Um, and then you got to think you let Chris Thompson walk. Yep. So you got to have somebody. Yeah, and I assume I thought that's what McKissick was signed for to play Chris Thompson's role, where he's not going to be getting taking a lot of carries, but we'll see him, you know, being used in the flats or, you know, I thought there were choice routes options. against linebackers. I thought there were better options out there that could fit that role, but you know, we don't make the decisions. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would have to imagine that you know one of those veterans that we brought in is not going to make the team i would say peyton barber is probably on the outside looking in mm-hmm. you know maybe someone else like ap could be subject of trade rumors if you know there's and it's someone a team goes down with an injury in training camp they could bring in a veteran and um you know that would make sense because i, I would yeah i would agree that i i can't imagine what the running back room is going to look like uh come week one because there's too many cooks yep it's going to be crowded. Yeah. Um, on to the next pick, round four, 108th pick overall. That was LSU's starting left tackle, Sadiq Charles. He, um, he's only 20 years old. Yeah, he's Six, young. 6'4", 295, three-year starter. I know he's had some off-the-field issues, multiple failed drug tests. Um, Weed, again, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, this is a guy that um, the upside is certainly there. I mean, you start three years at LSU, you're, you know, national championship uh i mean this is really really good value for where he was drafted it's fantastic for where he's drafted i'm not a i'm not a big o-line guru i'll you know robbie Duncan for those for those type of things I, I i find the front four or the front five of an offensive line to be boring so <laughs> <laughs> so i just never really paid attention to it but from listening to Robbie, I'll regurgitate some of the things that he told me. He said he was a good inline blocker. He's not really, not very good in space. Robbie saw him more as a guard mm-hmm. uh, rather than a tackle, uh, which makes sense. But 
uh, who knows what they'll do with him, man. I, yeah. I I do like his size and his frame, and the fact that you said, like you said, he's twenty. He's got a lot of room to grow and mm-hmm. and uh, understand. He can't be worse than Jerron Christensen. So, oh, yeah, yeah, that that one missed. That was a yeah. Miss. And <laughs> so 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 a couple of things about Sadiq Charles. One, um, yeah, multiple failed drug tests. I assume he smoked weed when he was. Uh, teenager I, i'm not going to ask everyone to raise their hand if they smoked weed when they were a teenager but jesus christ yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <it's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> like you know it, it's just you know if you're able to let's think of look at this realistically can you pencil in a fourth round pick as you're starting left tackle week one no that, that that's not going to happen. He's going to need some time to develop. As you said, Robert, that, you know, those mid round picks, it takes some time to develop them, work them out on special teams and they eventually become grow into starters. So, you know, th- this is someone, this is going to be a project, I assume. And then maybe within a year or two that he could be, you know, be the everyday starting left tackle. But you no, know, again, this is good value. Um, what I've liked to see, you know, with a fourth round, if this was taken towards getting a tight end, um, you know, I was complaining at that point, why didn't we get a receiver? And then just, you know, 30 picks later, that's where we got my favorite guy, uh, Antonio Gandy Golden, wide receiver out of Liberty. Well, I will say this. Um, the Antonio Gibson pick did catch me off guard. I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it. You had Josh Jones, who easily could have been a first round pick. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know why he was sliding so bad, but. No. Uh, but Josh Jones was sitting there in the third round right there. I mean, that's – you could pencil yeah. him in as a starter. But they didn't go that route. Um, but, again, the the uh, Sadiq Charles pick, I, I think, after listening to Robbie, I think he's going to be a guard. And then your guy, the 6'4 receiver, I didn't know much about him. He looks more like a Brandon Marshall type um, guy that can go up and hey. get the ball. Yeah, big body that can out-muscle guys, out-rebound, like, you know, box them out like you're rebounding. Um, so, I, you know, I'm excited about that. And then people laughed at me because I I really started thinking outside the box. And that's what I do most of the time with the draft. I just – I try to think sure. outside the box. Like, could, And I looked at his size and his, and his height or his height and his weight. Like, could he possibly be a flex tight end? Like, yeah. not a inline block, you know, blocking guy. Like, we don't want to, you know, want to put on 30 pounds of weight. That's Paul, right? Niles yeah, Paul, exactly. So, so I was thinking, damn, he he could really go up and he could be a nasty tight end if they just, you know, maybe added 10, 15, flex them out, don't gain too much weight, right. keep the speed you got now. Because I don't see him outrunning any corner in the league right now, honestly. Mm-mm. Yeah, especially off the ball. Yeah. He doesn't have a great f- quick first step, but he has got yeah. the height and the leaping ability and the hands. He Twice the fourth round pick. He's, oh, he's got good and, hands. And, to me, what I always liked is productivity. I mean, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, yeah. average 17.7 yards per catch. I mean, you know, Liberty's a, a, it's a smaller program. They're not playing, you know, top-tier level talent like you did. But, you know, at, for someone that's at Liberty, I want you to dominate. Yeah, you got to put mean, up big numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly this is another thing from an uh, upside standpoint. This has got to be Kelvin Harbin's biggest, you know, threat at the moment. Well, after watching that video of Harmon catching from the jugs with one hand, I don't know. <laughs> but I will tell you that that we talked about the rec- the running back room being interesting. The receiving room is going to be a dogfight, in my opinion. I mean, you got Emmanuel Hall, 6'3", 4'3", 
guy who can – I mean, he could just run like crazy. He was Drew Locke's number one target. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he's bounced around so much. Maybe character issue, maybe – I don't know, but um, he could possibly find a home. You got Cam Sims. You got so many guys who um, who really can play and can develop into something special. And it was great to yeah. see uh, Santana say that he'd worked with uh, Gladney on his – or Gandy on his uh, – on his release, really? so oh, I didn't awesome. know that. That's cool. How, how involved is Santana, is Santana? Yeah, Santana coaching Absolutely. a lot. No, no, he just he's more into the TV thing. Yeah. Every time I talk to him, that's the topic because I've been at just picking his brain about getting in that realm, and that's pretty much what he's focused on getting better at. But he's uh, he's fantastic on the radio when he's on with Chad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like him on the radio too. Uh, so um, on, yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying. So the uh, the kid from Liberty, um, mm-hmm. what do you, do you guys really like him or? I do. Ian, you want to go? Yeah. Oh, that was Bob. Go ahead. No, oh, yeah, I, I I like him a lot. I like the and the highlights you mentioned playing at Liberty. You know, they they were showing some good highlights of him going against Virginia and Baylor. Like those aren't small schools. BYU. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and BYU too. So, I, I everything they say. I a lot of the guys and you know they say. There's about a handful of picks every year, but like they say, he's one of the better steals maybe in the draft. Um, that he mm-hmm. fell that deep and fell into their lap. And I like the comparison to Brendan Marshall. I mean, that's something that the Redskins haven't had in so long. A guy that just goes up and gets it and comes down with it. You know, we thought that, well, that was, was supposed be, to be Josh. Doxson. I was going to say that's supposed to be Josh Doxson. I mean, another TCU Same guy, route. but mm-hmm. you know, he just never <laughs> oh, ended. Oh yeah, another another TCU. Yeah, guy. but he's <laughs> never never turned out that way. And that's something that we, you know, as fans, have been. You know, longing for for a long time is someone a receiver that they can go count on going up and making a big play when they need it the most and not dropping the ball. So I, when's, the last, when's the last time in, we had that? I don't know. In Josh's defense, he made a few of those plays. He just didn't he make did. enough of them. No. <laughs> the, 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 the that favorite was fucking Seattle was fucking Seattle. unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he yeah. bailed Kirk out big time. Oh yeah, uh, he did. Oh, on the sideline. I could. I still can't believe that happened. And he came so close to that um, Monday night game against Kansas, Kansas City. City. He mm-hmm. came down. Where, to wait, that. I just heard. I just he signed with somebody. The Jets. The Jets. That's who it is. Yeah. Is there somebody else on the Jets for months? Oh, Terrell Pryor was on there. Oh, uh, Rulier. Yeah. Yeah. They got Rulier, right? Crowder. No, Spencer Long. That's who it was. Crowder and too. Jameson Crowder. Yep. Um. All right. Who um, we got round. Gandy from? I think we, that was a compensatory pick from the Jets for Crowder signing with the Jets. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And this fifth round pick was for Quentin Dunbar, um, center from San Diego State, Keith Ismail, 6'3", 310, three-year starter, three straight All-Mountain West um, first teams, and he was pro football focuses, number one pass-blocking center in the nation. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. He was graded number one out of 152 centers. Wow. Holy shit. I, I had no idea about that. Yeah. So this, this kid could be the real deal. How, how tall is yeah. he? Yeah, he's 6'3". 6'3", 3'10". Yeah, he's definitely interior. Yep. And, you know, I, it sounds like he, he's going to be ready. And, um, you know, Chase Rulier can play guard too, so maybe they can move – either one of those guys out or something like that. But again, at at this point, you know, you want to take these developmental projects and guys that were highly, highly productive. I mean, you make, you start three years 
um, and you know, our first team all conference, all three of those, I mean, you're, you're doing something right. Uh, on to the one of the more confusing picks of the day, in my opinion, and not to, to um, speak poorly of your position, Robert, but um, round five picks 162 per week, Hudson linebacker out of Michigan, um, six foot 220. He was a three year starter at Michigan and was mostly a safety. Um, he's projected as a hybrid. Love it. But uh, I, I just, it's a crowded <laughs> linebacker room. And I, I just don't yeah, know where but, he fits. Yeah, but I mean, you got you to gotta think you don't know where you're at with Ruben. He's definitely a weak side linebacker. He's not strong side. Yeah. Uh, he can play middle and weak. Uh, but what I really liked about his shape was the safety background. He took mm-hmm. a lot of chances. He gambled a lot and got, got drugged a few times, especially against Ohio State. But yeah. um, I think he's a project. And he could definitely be, like you said, like a hybrid. I do think his pass coverage ability is better than anybody that we have in the linebacker room right now. Um, wow. I was going to – go ahead. Just got to work on the consistency aspect of it. And I love the speed. He was a 4-5 guy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And he was uh, Michigan's – voted Michigan's um, special teams player of the year. So it sounds like he's going to be one of the better special teams players right away, which yeah. is good. Um to, Bobby, Robert's, your... uh, to Robert's point, I was going to say, I like the fact that he can cover tight ends a little bit with that safety background. That's something the Redskins haven't had in a while, too, is an outside linebacker that can cover tight ends. I mean, he's a little undersized, but with the athletic ability that he has that he used to play safety, I think he can get that job done and then also contribute on special teams. He could be he could be a more disciplined Zach Brown. Wow. That's his ceiling in my I opinion. I would take that. Yeah. That's wow. his ceiling in my opinion. I'm not Zach taking Brown had a lot around. of talent. Because he had that speed too. But uh the one thing I think uh one guy that I think is uh is really on the bubble is uh the guy that they converted from safety a couple years back. I'm I'm blanking on his name. Har- I can Harvey see Clemens. Harvey Josh Clemens. Harvey yeah. Clemens. Yeah. He just hadn't developed as a, as a <laughs> linebacker yeah, plays it- too high. And, and this is this has been a position the Redskins haven't been able to solve because Sua Cravens was drafted years ago to do this, and then that obviously didn't work out. I think he's out of the league now. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, then obviously Harvey Clements could have played that role. That didn't work out. So, you know, it's just to me what's confusing about that position, and especially still when we didn't address the tight end, is where does he fit? Because we have Bostic, uh, we have Cole Holcomb, Ruben Foster, we have uh, you know high hopes for hopefully. Um, you know, I like what we saw. We, we signed a special teamers from uh, Chicago as well. There's a few others that I'm, I'm blanking out. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, too. So it's just crowd, a crowded room. I just don't know where he's going to have the opportunity to really, you know, be given well, a shot. You know, Thomas Davis is definitely staying. That's, yeah. Yes. He's a Ron guy, and this is, this is Ron's – this is Ron's thank you year for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you for everything you did here for him. That's all we did. And he's he's going to bring along some of the younger guys. Uh, when I was playing, London didn't want to teach nobody shit. He was mm-hmm. just like, you'll figure it out. And that's cool with me. Like, I get it. But uh, Thomas Davis isn't one of those guys. He wants no. to impart as much knowledge as, as much as he can on the younger guys. So I look for him to have more of an Alex Smith type of role right now uh, this yeah. year. And he had a productive – uh, he was good last year with the Chargers too. I mean, obviously he thirty-eight. Him? He's he let yeah, him in tackles, didn't he? Yeah. Still got it. That's, I think that he was a converted safety, wasn't he? A, at Georgia, I think he was. Yeah. A safety. Um, 
Yeah, so um, on the seventh round, final two picks, we got a safety out of Arkansas, Cameron Curl, 6'2", 198, another three-year starter. Um, spent actually the majority of his college career as a slot corner, which is still up for grabs, I would say. I mean, unless they move Kendall Fuller in, but, you know, there's a third corner that is still needed um, in nickel and dime packages. Um, fun fact about Cameron Curl, he was suspended one game for flirting with cheerleaders of the opposing team. That's all I got. <laughs> I think I'm going to like this dude, bro. <laughs> was that your little ESPN factoid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like and that. that cheerleader's mom died. In a That's confidence. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, but, but um, you know, I look for – I mean, I know we drafted that guy, but I look for Strowman, um, mm-hmm. Moreau. I look for somebody to come in and yep. – the other guy, Danny. Johnson. Danny Johnson. I like his game, too. He just needs to be more consistent. Um, he was hurt. And so they just, they need, I, I look for one of those three guys to really solidify themselves. I'm kind of giving up on Moreau. He is what he is. But, you know, with Danny Johnson and Jimmy and, Moreland, uh, too. I, I like Jimmy more. Yeah. I like Jimmy, too. Jimmy's game, he's he's got to be more consistent. But, you know, he was rookie last year. So um, I, I do like his game. But somebody else has got to step up. As far as yep. Kendall, I'm not really. I'm not particularly as excited about him playing on the outside as as a lot of people are. Um, I do think he is a slot corner. Um, yeah. And when you do get those three receiver sets, you kick him in. But I like Darby's game. Uh, he definitely has good ball skills, good range. He just got to stay healthy. Yeah. In a base defense, where does Fuller go? Because he also well, plays I mean, you got, for Kansas well, City, too. No, well, listen. He making he making good money. He, his ass is out there. Stick <laughs> <laughs> him on that corner and just figure it out. But uh, yeah. but yeah, him and Darby. I'm cool with him and Darby on the outside. And I'm not listening to people. I won't say their names who say they scared of the Cowboys. Not up, and he don't believe in our guys. But I, I do think Darby and Kendall can get it done against Cooper and Gallup mm-hmm. and uh, CD in that slot. It's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight. I don't think it's as far apart as people think it is uh, towards the Cowboys side. I don't really think it's that far apart. I hope not. Well, you got to get the pressure, get the pressure on there, and alleviates the pressure. When you think about it, Darby was in the NFC East. He faced Cooper, yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. He knows. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, he's two years removed from a Pro Bowl season. He's just yeah, he's hurt. That's why this. I like this deal that he's on. Prove it. You okay. want to prove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I would say out of those three, I, Fabian Moreau on the outside versus inside is substantial. So yep. uh, I, if I were to, you know, gamble on this, I would say you'd have Fabian Moreau on the outside in three receiver sets and nickel sets, which is where they're primarily playing now. Um, Moreau and uh, Darby on the outside and Fuller on the inside. So um, that's going to give Sean Davis an opportunity to play free safety alongside Landon Collins and, you know, this is another prove it type deal where he's shown flashes that he's he can do it, but you know hasn't been able to stay consistent or stay on the field. That position is stressing me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I'm good with everything else. I don't trust Sean back there. He's too mm-hmm. aggressive. He plays too fucking aggressive. Yeah. Uh, just everything that I've watched, he has flashed. His first two years with the Steelers was fucking good. 
Mm-hmm. I like I like where he what he was building up to be, and then yep. I don't know what happened. Like something happened. A lot um, of missed tackles. Mm-hmm. A lot of missed tackles was one of them. I just don't trust. I think he's too aggressive in coverage. Yeah. That's just mine. He's a little grabby too, so I don't know. And he's the last. Uh, I don't. He's the last guy. I know he's the last line of defense. You yeah. need to be hella disciplined to stay back there. Yeah, uh, yeah. We I mean, already got a landing. We don't need another one. <laughs> I don't want Landon to play in the back uh, center field either. If you look at his numbers when he's in the box versus when he's yeah. playing deep, he is I'll push him up. Push him up. Yeah. Um, the last pick of the draft, seventh round, um, pick two twenty nine, James Smith Williams, defensive end out of NC State. Uh, another pass rusher, I guess that was just high on their board. Six three, two sixty five, two year starter, voted the team captain. Uh, he actually has a job opportunity with IBM if he chooses not to pursue football. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. He, he has all the, some really good physical measurables, but at this point, if you're just throwing darts and yeah, I, just from the little film that I watched on him, he flashed quite a bit. He can bend the corner. <laughs> uh, he played way too high. He plays mm-hmm. way too fucking high. Um, but you know, if he's a rotational pass rusher, if he even makes the team, so. You yeah. know, maybe one of those guys, like I said, you can dev and bring along and be a special teams guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that pick kind of confused me. I was yeah. like, well, like, I would have took another shot on the interior lineman or something like that mm-hmm. or a tight end. You, What's the difference between that and, you know, signing Thaddeus Moss yeah. undrafted? Right. Yep. That Which point. was my last question is, you know, I, I know Thad Moss had a – he had an excellent national championship game, and that's where I was like when I was watching him play, I was like, Damn, this this stuff is gonna it's gonna play at the next level. You would think, and obviously being Randy, a son of a Hall of Famer, he's got already a you know, name recognition. But you know, this is a, a guy that was projected to go in the mid rounds, and he probably would have gone even earlier had he not broken his foot. Six three, two forty nine. He's actually a better blocker than he is a, a pass catcher. Um, so you know, I think he's going to be you know typically as an undrafted free agent, as I understand, you you get an opportunity to choose where you want to go. You'll have multiple offers, and you know he has a legitimate shot to make this team. Yeah, I think he chose wisely because we don't have an established guy. And I'm not. I like Ron Rivera. I like mm-hmm. I like Scott, but I'm I'm not believing that bullshit they're telling me about Logan Thomas. I don't want to hear. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> Take me out, bro. I don't want it. Like, I don't believe that shit. So that definitely has a chance to come in and get significant reps and be a, be that guy. I do think he needs to lose a little weight. Mm-hmm. That's just my He's got a little baby especially fat coming off. Yeah, especially yep. coming off that foot injury too. Yeah. I think he, but I do like his blocking ability in line. Um, and I think he he does have better hands than people probably give him credit for most. He of the didn't time. drop a pass. I yeah. love. Yeah, he didn't drop a pass, bro. I'd his, love route running is, his route running is not good, but no, no, he's not fast enough. He, he, he can get there. He can get there if he work hard. So, you know, Robert, we watch the games out. together for the most part, and um, nothing makes Bobby angrier when someone drops the ball, when someone twirl priors it. When that happens, I, he turns as red as his shirt. Well, it depends on the situation. I'm well, gonna, it's also it that coupled with situation. stopping a yard short of the first down marker on your route. That yes. The and then they drop the ball too. So it's like, what the? How do you not know where the marker is? How do you not know where the goal line is? Come on. That's the Ryan Grant. Oh my! That's the well, Ryan Grant special. Well, you know, there's something similar, but it's on the defensive side of the ball that really pisses me off. Is when we have guys tackled, and then we fucking throw them forward, 
That's I just, hate yes. that shit. Makes me so mad. And I swear the Redskins are the king of that shit. But Big it makes me so upset. Let's give you three more yards. Yeah, oh my god. Let's give you four yeah. more boys. <laughs> It's, it's, it's annoying, man. And then they like, celebrate like they did something good. Like, yeah. And it's like, you just gave him four extra yards. What are you talking about? Yeah, you gave yeah, him a first down. It's <laughs> annoying. Oh, God. Yeah. You, but hopefully, what do you guys Thaddeus give, can catch. What's your grade for the draft, guys? Robert, go ahead. Uh, I, give him a B, I give him a B. I could I could bump that up to a B plus because of the Thad Moss signing, though. I, so I think that's a fair grade. A B plus is a fair grade. Yeah, for me, I think I had him originally at a B plus. I think the not dra- I because the not drafting a tight end had me w- concerned or worried, and then they went and signed Thad Moss, and I was like, okay, that that uh that bumps up to an A for me. I think they addressed all. I mean, they got Chase Young. That was a no brainer, and I think all of our opinions. Um, they got a lot of weapons for possible weapons for Dwayne Haskins, some O line depth. They kind of checked off all the boxes, and then they even added a uh, undrafted free agent quarterback because they need a third quarterback in that room too. So I think coupled the draft and the undraft uh, undrafted free agent signings, I think it's an a, at least an A, maybe B plus. Ian, what you got? Uh, I was B plus. I loved it, and uh, but I wanted a tight end, and then we immediately got Thad, so I went A minus. And then you got to think we didn't have a second rounder because we got Montez. So if you really put that in there, then I'm going A A high A, but Porter, what you got? doesn't really count for I give it three taquitos. <laughs> <laughs> I only wait, know wait, Chase wait. Young, and for the last taquitos or see, that's that's a question. Is what, what kind that's of a good question? I give it the jalapeno and cream cheese or the steak and cheese taquitos. Oh, okay. All right. All right. But I give them three of them because <laughs> I only know Chase Young, and I haven't understood a single fucking word any of you have said in the last 40 fucking minutes. Porter, you're here for I friendship, man. I've been smiling man. and nodding like, yeah, that makes fucking sense. He brings it point. You're here for Let friendship, dude. Like I know what I'm talking about, and I'm just going to sit here and look pretty and just try to Sip not on my whiskey. <laughs> I ran out of whiskey 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go get some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go anytime that you're able to draft the best player in, in the in, at a, in the entire draft. That's got to be at least a B. To me, I, I just you know it's that Ian we talked about last week. You, your third round pick needs to be treated as a second round pick, and yeah. I, I like Antonio Gibson. The the concept of him because he's a weapon, he's a playmaker, and that's something the Redskins have lacked for so long. It's just I, with the receiver class that we just had and as deep as it has been labeled, I, I would have rather have seen a more natural wide receiver that we can mm-hmm. plug in and really, you know, give Dwayne Haskins more weapons in the immediacy as opposed to Antonio Gibson, which is, you know, potentially more gimmicky, if you will. Um, and, and we didn't really establish, you know, getting another corner, another safety until later. So, you know, I, I guess they just went more by best player available throughout. So uh, I think they're just true to their board. Yeah. And so I B, uh, I, I would have, it's just the third and third round that I would have liked a better receiver. I liked uh, Duvernay out of Texas a lot, but. Uh, yeah, you did like him. It went to the, the fucking Ravens. The, the, the Ravens. Yeah. 
Ooh, probably that had the best bad. draft. But yeah. I think they had the best draft. They killed it. Yeah. God damn it. They, Ravens definitely had the best draft. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Umo. God damn it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not buying that Ray Lewis Jr. bullshit, though. They can keep that. They can shut the fuck up, guys. I'm, yeah. No. I mean, I like good. the pick. He's good. Yeah. He's not Ray Lewis Jr. No. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to pee real quick. Um, I think the next up is just quickly going around the NFC East because um, that's our, obviously our hated rivals. And I, I mean, I, first and foremost, coming to my mind is the Jalen Hurts pick by Philly. I mean, Robert, <laughs> what, what that to me was the, the one, maybe only, well, actually it's like Jordan love too also made me kind of scream out loud, but I was like, what, what are they doing? And look, I get it. Tom and we talked about this last week, and Tom always uh, repeats this: is like anytime you can get a quarterback in the draft, you should, because it's the most valuable position on the field. But you have Carson Wentz. I know they don't really have a suitable backup at the moment, but they need to surround him with weapons. And don't get me wrong, as a Redskins fan, I am so happy they didn't take the receivers that were so, available to them. Yeah, <laughs> but they went ahead and got Hurts. What, 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 what's Philly doing? I don't know what the fuck Philly doing. I don't even think Philly know what Philly doing. <laughs> that um, makes me so happy. You know what? You know what though? That's I do. Stuff. I do think um, <laughs> Philly. I think my next door neighbors are huge Philly fans. Fuck I, them. I do. I do think They're that nice they. Um, I think that they don't think Wentz can be healthy. That's just basic. But, I definitely think. But so I too. think. I think they. They think that Wentz isn't going to be healthy, and if he is, then I look for Jalen Hurts to have his own Lamar Jackson package type of shit. So. Um, I don't know, man. That was a kind of confusing pick to me. As I look around the NFC East, the Cowboys did have a good draft as much yeah, as the Panthers. They did. Yeah. Um, they picked up uh, Biotis, the center. I really liked him. I was hoping their skins would take a flyer on him. Um, what uh, about CD Lamb's girlfriend? CD Lamb picked. Uh, the Dick pick was good. Um, yeah. Cowboys had a good draft. Yeah, that was a damn good yeah. draft. I, I will admit that. Uh, the edge rusher they took was whatever but uh as i look around philly is the only one i thought the giants got a little better um mm-hmm. they better take a tackle after we just got chase young so yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah they had to you i feel want, like that was Daniel Jones to play another 10 years you better take a fucking tackle exactly but, uh, but they got better too on a, they went offensive line twice yeah and i thought i thought they got better um but what did you, you think know, of uh your your fellow tcu alum jalen rager going he was projected. He's different. He's different than Dotson in a standpoint of Dotson. Dotson was kind of hungry, but he got the success and he started to chill. Rager is never comfortable. He scares the shit out of me, honestly, playing for Philly. Because mm-hmm. they just they just drafted uh, Jackson's replacement. Yeah, because wow. he's a bur- he's a true burner, and he can do a lot of sh- his his run after the catch is tremendous. Oh, I'm scared. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, I don't listen. He can run routes. He's definitely good, on, you know, in a quick game, um, and he can make people miss. And he's got blazing speed, so he does uh, scare no. the shit out of me. I did. I'm happy for him, but I don't want him in the division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what interesting because um, I was super pumped speaking, when they passed over Jefferson, and I was like, "All right." Yeah, I, I really thought yeah. they were going. I thought they were Jefferson going to go Jefferson. Yeah, I was surprised he failed as well, though. 
Jake Fromm went all the way to the fifth round. And, and that's why, like, you, know really, you could have gotten Fromm late. You didn't have to try and get Jalen Hurts. So I like Jalen Hurts, but not in the I second really, round. I really think Fromm is going to surprise a lot. Of yeah. yeah. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one situation where Allen gets hurt in some shit, mm-hmm. and they don't have a real controversy. Because Fromm is smart. Yep. He don't have a real strong arm, but he can spin it. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of like an old NBA that that if you can play defense and rebound, you'll find a way to stick around. And, you know, Fromm is such a – I already feel like he, he's beyond his years um, from, a, you know, X's and O's standpoint. And mm-hmm. He's he's not going to turn the ball over. If you're a quarterback, you don't turn the ball over, They'll you'll find a way to stick around. It's not a bad job being a backup quarterback either. No. And oh, what shit. about – uh, stole a lot of money. Yeah. How about uh, she's gonna have Rand's fun and make money? She, she's correct. <laughs> I don't even know what happened with that. What happened with that? People were talking about it, and I, I was in the dark. I was like, "What? What are they talking about?" He he was on the phone, probably with like his agent or somebody, and then his personal phone was on his lap. So then she tried to take it, and then even when he was on the phone, he just nixed it right <laughs> out of her hand. <laughs> and then gave her a stare immediately. Then the I said that immediately. I was like, "Did you just see CD's girlfriend?" <laughs> Is it worse than it was worse than that Wilson pick where the mom got the girl out of the damn shot out of the Those field? Those two were bad. so fucking funny. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think this shit should be. I think the draft should be just like it was this year every year. Like this was my favorite. This was my favorite. I thought I was gonna hate it, but this was. I I loved how they did it. Yeah, I agree. Save for the beginning. Fuck that part. We're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the first half hour. Very angry. No, um, I, I gotta go with the the mom picking up the girlfriend was worse. <laughs> that was just so bad. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> right though, he played it right. He's like, I'm just gonna stare forward. I'm not yeah, doing just, anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you this though, um, I'm probably in the minority here, but I like the Jordan Love pick. I, I, I was really gonna ask. I liked it because for one, nobody was expecting Green Bay to do that shit. No one. That so he they they threw off thirty one other teams with that shit. Yeah. Two, he they they he's drawing Patrick Mahomes comparisons. So he's if good. I can get, if I can get seventy five percent of Patrick Mahomes <laughs> to to be the heir apparent to, to, to heir, Pro Bowler, I'm doing it. I'm doing yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, I I like to pick, and he's not going to play right away. Obviously, um, yeah, you know, you get a couple more years to. But if I'm Aaron, if if you're Aaron Rodgers though, and you know this was the deepest draft for wide receivers, and you know they've never taken a wide out in the first round, he obviously needs help outside of Devontae Adams, and they don't utilize the draft or free agency to help him. Um, and then they draft a quarterback in the first round. He's like, you know, I'm going to Ted Thompson in the front office, be like, what the hell is going on? But if you think about it, they signed Devin Funches, who was hurt last year. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you got you got. Devontae Adams, who's 6'3". You got Funches, who's 6'3", 6'4". You got uh, Valdez Scantlin, who started to come on a little bit, but he fell off a little. So, I mean, you got got St. Brown. You got got guys who can catch the ball. I think tight end was the biggest need for them. I would have been pissed Mm -hmm. about that. And then they addressed addressed it. So, um, I don't know. I like the Jordan Love pick. I think it's a great fit for him. Yeah, I, I I just we haven't seen the side of Aaron Rodgers. Is he? I mean, he's going to need to take because Brett Favre didn't welcome him 
warmly into Green Bay. And it's just, uh, it's very ironic. Well, almost the exact same pick too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Well, yeah. well what's crazy is if I'm in Rogers, I'm going to treat him the same way Brett Favre treated me. Cause he may be the next Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that, yeah. maybe that's what, what created Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? So, um, but uh, if we look at green Bay though, uh, I think Aaron, what Aaron Rodgers attempts were down this year and Aaron Jones was the <laughs> offense pretty much. Yeah. He accounted for a good percentage of that. He led the team in touchdowns. So. Damn, led the league in touchdowns, right? Yeah. Maybe they go with a more ground attack and, you know, not really worried about the receiver, but I like to pick. Yeah, I, I mean, he's also trading up for him. That's that's the thing. He's trading up for it. If he fell to you, yeah, by all means. But I just yeah. I just didn't fully get trading up for it. Yeah, and um, especially because I didn't really see was... anybody in between taking the quarterback. I thought yeah, they were going to take well, the linebacker. Honestly, I thought they were going to go with Murray. Right. Mm-hmm. But. Well, well. In addition to that, they were they went to the NFC Championship game this year. I mean, they're they're in contention. They're they're close. So you would think they would want to, you know, put all their chips in and get a guy that they can plug and play right away. But, you know, if that's if they have a Pat Mahomes like projection of Jordan Love, I mean, I get it from a front office front office standpoint. You want to you're looking at this years down the road. Yep, it makes sense. I would I would have done it. I wouldn't have traded up, but I would have picked him. It's. Uh, I. I have to imagine that maybe we'll see Aaron Rodgers in a different uniform one day. I'm thinking that's. Yep. It's just find a new deal. So they probably potentially they can't get rid of him for what another three years without two. Yeah. Incurring, maybe I'm thinking another two or three years. I think the cap penalty would probably be like seven eight million, somewhere in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it's. So it, it's you know what he would do would be the ultimate Brad Clark move is he would go to Chicago and replace Trubisky. <laughs> there it is. That, that, that would be funny as well. So shitty. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> um, so a few um, quarterback questions. Uh, Jameis Winston went to New Orleans, as we talked about last week. That actually turned out to be correct. I think that's an excellent opportunity for him. You know, kind of start to get fresh, learn under the first ballot Hall of Famer and Drew Brees for a year. And see where that takes you. Um, you know, I, I I think that's an excellent opportunity. I don't know where Cam Newton's going to go, uh, other than New England. I I don't know. Are they going to trade for another TCU guy in Andy Dalton? I I I, I got a potential landing spot for Cam. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be in LA with the Rams. The Rams. No more golf. Golf. If golf don't if golf don't do shit this year, I know that cap penalty be high if they try to get rid of him mm-hmm. but it's yeah, it's possible and he opens up Sean McVay's offense he would and they're, they're restructuring his deal right now too golf when was, when was Sean's offense at his best Kirk Kirk's playoff here when he was using put him out of the pocket using his athleticism yep I don't know that's that's just my little guess I don't know but uh I don't see Cam in New England yeah, I don't see New England paying for that. No culture, culture. That, I, I think, I think Belichick I think will be like, no. I think I think Bill is okay with being bad this year. Damn. Yeah. Get you, Trevor Lawrence, you get Trevor Lawrence so. next year. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, if they <laughs> get Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> the rich get richer every right. time. And your penalty is just one year being eight and eight. <laughs> there it is. Oh my God. Let the Jets think they or the Bills think they run the division. 
They'll get Trevor Lawrence. What's Tua going to be? I think Tua is going to be a dog. I like. I him. love Tua. If, His, if he's healthy, if you got to understand, you got to understand that culture too. This mm-hmm. the, the the way he grew up, this culture that's the more culture, like yeah. especially being doubted the way he was coming into this. Yeah, he's probably going to be he's going to be a dog. Well, Kuiper and McShay said he's the better prospect if he was healthy over Burrow. Oh, and, of course, yes, yeah. of course. Burrow, yeah, Burrow, Burrow just got hot at the right time, though. If we're being honest, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. last year Burrow was a sixth round, fourth to sixth round pick. Yeah, yeah. So he just got hot at the right time. And um, the best offense. A lot of people don't like Herbert's game. I don't know. I think he's Drew Locke. That's just me. I think he's Drew Lockish. I like what I saw out of him at the end. Yeah, he's got something, but. Unless you get a good coach to pull it out of him, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the, and the, speaking of true Lockie, he's got Jerry Judy to throw to. I think is going to translate. He's got really, weapons. Really well. Yeah, they, well, listen, and they got someone else. Was the whole AFC got, West got speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they all got to try I mean, and keep up with the foot race that is Kansas City. Yeah. So. I think we'll see a lot of copycat football going on in the AFC West this year. And they got a bruiser, Taylor, from Wisconsin also. Yeah. Who, bro, who is that? The running back from uh, – he, he went to the Colts. He went to the Colts. Oh, shit, he's with, he's with fucking Phillip. Yeah, he went to the Colts. Yeah. Uh, he's with Phillip. Uh, the Chiefs got Clyde uh, L. Air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, number he's a, yeah, he's a little jukebox while my Madden plays out there. He's a jukebox. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be good in that Andy Reid offense. If you want to have fun on Madden um, or have a challenge, play with the Redskins against the Cowboys and have Morgan Moses try to pass block Demarcus Lawrence. I've been there. He averaged about five sacks a game against me. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to be real with you. I <laughs> I made a lot of serious cuts on my on my franchise <laughs> when I had the Redskins. <laughs> made a lot of serious Me cuts. Too. One of them was yeah. Kerrigan. So. Oh, oh, damn! <laughs> Superman's my guy. Yeah, as I say, your boy too. That's my boy, but I love him to death. But it's time, bro. <laughs> Need a win. <laughs> well, if he had another move, shit, I would be fine. Yeah. But it's like the Iraq though. Yeah, you can't just run people over and think they're gonna get out of your way all the time. Shit is not. I could see him hey. as an inside rusher though in a in a uh, in a sub package though. And uh, if he goes against third stringers, he's gonna get like three to four sacks a game. Who is that? Kerrigan. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he always has like one game a year where he dominates, and yeah. it's always against like a backup. Gets those stats up. I mean, I love yeah. Kerrigan. And then he do a Shawn yeah. Michaels flex. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Kerrigan. You know we watch wrestling, bro. Like we used to watch. <laughs> He's like, it's my move now. <laughs> uh, apparently, the story is that was Will Compton's move. Compton told him to do it, and then yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Rest in peace, Will Compton. <laughs> hey, he's got buses. Yeah, because he got he's got bus. bus. now. Yeah. Um. So another thing, the last thing I noticed from this draft, obviously the Redskins are in a really good position uh, financially. So they're going to attack the secondary free agent market. Um, I, I assume their starting left tackle is still um, doesn't have a job at this point, whether that's Jason Peters or Donald Penn. You know, if you want to bring in Jason Peters for a season, I'm 
totally fine with that, especially if we really need to evaluate Dwayne Haskins as best as we can. We need someone that's going to be able to block for him. And there's yeah. not a left tackle on this current roster to do that. I would definitely give Jason Peters a call. I would still probably give Donald Penn a call. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, I, do, I do think Penn is it's a wrap for him. But if you can make him a right tackle, maybe, you know, maybe that's, you know, I, I just, I'm done with Morgan Moses. Yes, please. <laughs> Me and you both. He, I mean, him and Tyler Palomas are the same people, in my opinion. So <laughs> one of them At just least got Columbus isn't called for holding every game. <laughs> you know, I used to call him Tyler Turnstile. Because <laughs> all you did was slap those hands down and keep moving. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> bye-bye. Yeah, but uh, – Don't miss yeah. those days. But you definitely – you're right. You definitely – in order to um, properly evaluate Haskins, you definitely have to bring in um, – one of those guys, a veteran, uh, solidify that position. And mm-hmm. I think Jason Peters would do that. Um, his injury history is really what uh, I would be most concerned about. Yeah. And, you know, normally I would say, look, I, I know the Redskins aren't in contention this year. Let's just develop our young guys. Figure what are you talking out about, Tom? We're going to the Super Bowl. There Everybody he is. Everybody knows it. Come on. Come on. You know, Come Porter, on. Porter. Porter. need a lot of taquitos. Right? Hey, I want, I want whatever you're drinking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I want some of that. He takes them every know, year. Don't worry. Positive optimism. <laughs> Got to believe. You know, <laughs> it would, he picked but, them to win the Super Bowl, kidding. but then he did not pick them to make the playoffs. To get into the playoffs. <laughs> Correct. I picked these <laughs> United. I think in a couple of years we'll be having a different conversation. I really not hope so. Joking, not joking as much about mm-hmm. it. Honestly. Uh, especially with the expansion of two extra playoff teams. Um, yep. So, I think and expansion of the rosters. There's going to be yep. a larger practice squad, larger um, um, available players on game day, which I think is all – that's win-win for everybody. So What really you know, they're going to be was the extra game um, – I know you got to give you got to give something to get what you want, but taking away a preseason game is really making it even more difficult to make an NFL roster. Uh, yeah, think about it; those are the games that I was in a lot of times that I flashed in, had to make plays in. Um, I don't make the roster without those type of games. Yeah. So I, I really feel for the younger guys who got to try to make it happen in three. Um, I know this ain't gonna play as much still, but. You know, there's no fourth string, third, fourth string in the NFL, either first or second. No. You know, and, you know, that I'm glad that you mentioned that because I feel like every team, especially ones that are, you know, with a new coach trying to establish a new culture, a new program, they have built in a built in excuse like, hey, we can't run our program the way we want because of what's happening in the world right now. We're all shut down. So, I yeah. mean, this is going to be a challenge for you know, the Redskins in particular, you know, trying to reestablish, you know, legitimacy and how they're going to do this via Zoom. You know, um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you're going to be able to study a playbook without being on the field. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely got to go out and do it. Um, you know, people learn in different ways. So you definitely uh, I was more of a kinesthetic learner. Like I had to go out and do it. You could yeah. teach me shit all day, but if I didn't go out and put it in motion, then it didn't really resonate. Oh, so. Yeah, kind of along those lines, yeah. uh, Robert. We actually have a a fan question on our on our live Facebook feed right now. Okay, uh, from Hope. 
uh, he and his girlfriend, <laughs> he and his girlfriend, a former college player, a former college athlete. She played soccer at the University yep. of Maryland. Um, Captain at Maryland. But so kind of tying into how it's going to be difficult to prepare for the season virtually when you can't be together. But she asked, what's the biggest transition from college football preparation to the NFL preparation? While also keeping in mind that these guys aren't going to be able to be on the field at the same time uh, for the first time. couple of months. Time. Time. Uh, I think a lot of uh, fans think we wake up, we have meetings, we practice, and, and all in the span of maybe four hours, and then we go home. That shit is literally a job. It's eight, ten hours, days. Yeah. Like, you're putting, you're burning oil. And even when you go home, you're still technically on the clock. Because if you don't learn how to call a coverage or call a front correctly, your ass is going home. Like, yeah. so it's it's even um, more of a more fast-paced environment than people think it is. Um, and shit changes on the fly all the time. Um, I can remember... Uh, putting in uh, coverages when Hazlitt first got there. And, you know, they motion from a two-by-one two set to a, a, a trip set. Then you got to make a blue call instead of go from blue to red. So I remember, like, being in the shit like that and thinking, like, are we in blue, red, green? What the fuck are we in? <laughs> People motioning, they moving everywhere, and you just, like, on the fly, you got to make these quick decisions. Um, and then we just scrapped all that shit. And then all of a sudden it was something else. So you spend so much time learning things and then, you know, they could be gone or you could do like Hasley do and install a play. Don't call it for the first six weeks and then bring it up. Like nobody <laughs> sounds about right. Like we don't remember that shit. Like yeah. what you doing? Oh so, uh, so the time commitment is really more than what people think it is. What would, what would, so like, let's say it's, you know, mid season. What's your nine to five? Like, I'm sorry. What's your day to day? Like, just like in during the season, yeah. Uh, um, you can choose whether what time you want to lift weights, but most of the time you do it by position groups. So mm-hmm. for the linebackers, we went at seven thirty in the morning. Um, then you got oh, your yes. special teams meetings. Then you got your uh, team meeting. Then you got your uh, uh, your defense or offensive meeting. Then you got your uh, positional meetings. Then you come back together on the field for a walkthrough. Then you practice. Then you go back in, take a shower, eat, go back up and watch the shit that you just did as a defense. Then you watch it as a position group. Um, So it's really a lot more shit that go into it. And those meetings are an hour, you know, some of them are 30 minutes. It just depends on, you know, the coach and how comfortable he is with what he's installed or what, how the guys reacted to it. But, um, you know, There's some not guys enough caffeine it. in the world. Yeah, awesome. no, right? Some guys lift it after practice. I mean, and then you bring in training camp aspect of it. Training camp is even more fast-paced. And then you bring in the fans aspect of training camp, which, you know, you got to give back and you got to, you know, uh, show appreciation for those guys that show up. And so it's just that's so the time part of it is really a big part. So all the fans who got mad that, so-and-so didn't sign their shit and he just ran straight in is because he's got a lot of shit to do. Like, yeah. He's yeah. literally on the clock. <laughs> like, and and you got right now. You got to keep your weight up. So you have to eat. I feel like constantly yeah. too. Uh, you yeah. got to eat. Uh, some guys got to go to the training room and get treatment before they go to that meeting. So there's no time. So it's just, it's a lot of shit that goes into it, man. It's, it's really fast paced. 
Uh, but I think the biggest learning curve for a rookie is the speed of the game. That was mm-hmm. that shit blew my mind, literally. Uh, at TCU, I could walk up in the fucking A gap, take my time, look around, <laughs> <laughs> drop out, or act like I'm blitzing and then drop out. And no, in the league, I, I remember literally my first practice, I dropped back two fucking steps and the ball was gone. Tanner was going <laughs> up the sideline. I was like, what the fuck? Tanner. Oh, <laughs> and my coach looking at me like, get to your fucking spot. Get to your spot. I'm like, what? What the, what the fuck is happening, bro? Like, <laughs> literally just don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. But you you adjust to it and you you know you get you get used to it. Um oh trying to catch a guy like Tanner on the screen. I prided myself in being full he- speed at practice. Um, so that entailed as long as the runner is running, I'm running with him. You know, that type of shit. And I quickly cut that out of my life. Cause <laughs> he's still at, he still had speed back then too when you were there. Yeah, man. He was fucking moving. I remember I, I, first time I covered Fred Davis on a fucking corner route. And that he could move. I think he could really underestimate how fast he was, mm-hmm. man. He could move. Um he did too. I remember one time I hit Clinton Porters in the goal line situation. We were at Shales. And all I did was form him up. I hit him pretty good, though. And he looked at me. He was like, don't you ever fucking hit me like that again. Like, I was like, what? He's like, don't hit me that hard again. What the fuck are you doing? But, you know, you got defensive coaches in your ears telling you, play fast. Yeah. No, don't, don't think. You know, so it, it's all those kind of small dynamics and shit and figuring out where you what your niche is and what you aren't good at. You know, shit, this is a lot of shit to go into it. Yeah. Um, I think the casual fan doesn't take into account. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate it. This is awesome. Yeah. As Robert, you, thank you. Thank man. you. Yeah. Great insight. No, no doubt, man. I appreciate you guys having me for real. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. You can get... Yeah. And I'm not breaking any more news. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to, though. Well, you can do it here. Yeah. If you want to, so you can do it right here. It, My boy CK was like, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. Don't tell me shit else. I don't want to know. <laughs> He's like, why not? Like, no, man. I'm done, bro. I'm done. <laughs> Well, if you have any, no, no. how much did your how much did your phone blow up after that um, Odell? Oh, you uh, know what's crazy? It was more Cleveland fans than Redskins fans. Huh? Really? A lot of Cleveland fans were like, "Fuck you! We don't you don't know." <laughs> I literally argued with this one guy. I didn't argue with him, but he was like, "How could you retire if you never had the job?" I, was I like, saw what that. What are you talking about, bro? Like, <laughs> like he was what like, "Yeah, but he he he's retired. Like he left the game, but he doesn't get." benefits or i was like bro like i literally get all this shit like what are you talking about i'm a retired <laughs> player like bro it's it's it was so much but it was more browns fans than anything man they interesting were just, glad redskins fans it does kind of make sense time. though <laughs> yeah yeah you get the you get a few redskins fans who are just like fuck you you don't know what you're talking about yeah but i can usually <laughs> ignore those yeah good I, I when i was writing i had one guy find my personal email address to send me an email to tell me that I am a lacrosse boy from the Beltway and shouldn't talk about football. Never played lacrosse in my definitely slick. Yeah, right? <laughs> 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 You're right yeah, about but the Beltway. I, I, I'll give you that. Listen, I tell people True. all the time. I'll tell you off. This shit ain't gonna make ESPN. Not this time. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> I will definitely clap back at you. But yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Yeah, man. Robert, thank you, man. That was yeah, awesome. I really appreciate it. Second time. Yeah, you yeah, no doubt. I need to get on. I'm going to get something to drink like my boy over there. So good, man. Yeah. <laughs>
right, bro. All right. Thank All you, right. Robert. Enjoy. Nice to you, Robert. Have, have a good, good night. night. Thanks for coming on. You too, bro. All right, that was Robert Henson, everyone, at Mr. Underscore Henson 51 on Twitter. Give him a follow for him breaking news. Um, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. That was yeah. great to meet him. Yeah. Porter finally got to meet him. I got Actually, we got to meet him face-to-face because last time we talked to him, it was just on a phone call. We should have yeah. told him that, that alcohol is certainly allowed. Um, well, it's, some it's say hard. I was realizing through all this, preferred. it's so hard in these Zoom, Zoom podcasts of – my typical thing is to just sit there and send Ian or Tom fucking crazy ass gifts from like Japan or some shit to like I don't make get them any... laugh and giggle. You're talking most of the time, man. You're dialed Tom in. talks all the time too. Tom, Tom I've tried so many times to phase you, Bobby, and it doesn't work. I usually go with either one of them. It's easy. I know I can get a reaction out of Ian, and Tom will stop oh, in his tracks the I moment do. I send him something. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If you do it to Tom, it, he just. He just goes off the rails. You're completely exactly. Well, that's what I felt it's like, like Emperor's like, groove. Like, like you, you threw him off his groove. Like, I don't want to be disrespectful and like, you're like. No, nah, I hear you. No, I he's... want to listen. And he he had a lot of great things to say. He was great. I just, so for most of it, just because I never watched the draft, was just like, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, I know I... that guy. That sounds yeah. like that's a big dude. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. I, I mean, we, we kind of know that he's been trying to. He, he kind of touched on this last time he was on the show, but he was. Had been trying to break it into kind of a media type role, like I you said, doing with Santana. But Dude, I didn't realize how much to the nth degree. I didn't realize I how much Robert Henson be great at that. Yeah, I didn't realize how much tape he's he watches of these guys. Like, yeah, uh, he knew. You know, I watched tape on this guy, on this guy. He knew like that Wisconsin center. He was like, I watched a lot of tape on him, and I really liked him. I was hoping the Redskins grabbed him. So, I mean, very impressive. He knows obviously he knows his shit. He's a former professional football player, but. How much effort he puts into watching these guys, and even the pro, the professional guys now, the guys that the Redskins are signing as free agents or trading for, he knows a, a shit ton about. So it's always interesting yeah. to have him on. He, he sold the he sold the shit out of the Kalik Hudson pick. Yeah, that seemed like that was like his favorite pick. But yeah. I mean, linebacker to linebacker. Yeah, yeah, does does make sense. But I mean, it makes it does the way he puts it, like you know if he can play that weak side and you know cover hey. well, all about it. And if he calls him a poor man's Zach Brown at this point, I mean, gladly. Please and thank you. Please for and fifth thank round you. Pick. Um, as we are nearing the end of this sad podcast, Porter, it is your time to shine. Um, hey. What you got for us, friend? Well, I was just going to say something funny real quick. It was when we started, we were talking about basketball. Uh, I know Abby had reached out to all of us and she just texted me privately. It was just like, you look so fucking bored. <laughs> it's like, we're talking about Michael Jordan and his like lifetime accomplishments. And everyone's just like, so into it. It's like, I don't know what the fuck anyone's talking about. This. That's funny. Cause she texted me that I have a booger in my left nostril. And then, and then when I went to itch it, she goes, made it. Does she really? <laughs> Good job. Abby. Nice. That's pretty funny. She didn't text nice. me. Well, I'll say um, in quarantine, I've been watching, I think, just about everybody else, a good amount of amount of Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the honorable mention would be, if you guys like, uh, as I do, stand-up comedy, Chris D'Elia. Um, he's an acquired taste. Yeah. The first 20 minutes are probably going to be a little slow for most people if they're not used to him. But he does pick up and he gets pretty good. Um so that's definitely worth a, a an hour long watch if you're if you're into it. Um, but what I really liked and uh, I, I prefaced to a line was just like, uh, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch this action movie just for the fact that it's an action movie. One of those like Netflix only 
Um, it's with Chris Helmsworth uh, Extraction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Netflix has been just because they're a fixed subscription service has been trying to break into the Asian market for some time. And they started doing that in June and their mobile app in India is only $3 American. Like that's how much, just because of the disparity of uh, uh, pay gap of, of the people that live there, like that's, they're just trying to gain more subscription, more, more followers. And, you know, they got a shit ton of people to be able to do that with. And this movie was definitely geared to try and do that. I don't think they probably successfully did that, but as far as an action movie goes, where you just kind of like, just turn it off, know that this is what you're going to watch. It, it reminded me a lot of the gunfighting reminded me a lot of John wick. Um, the high speed, they had a 12 minute one shot high speed chase action sequence, which was awesome. It was really, really cool. And they had um, some after, you know, scenes or whatever that you can look at of the director himself is chained into an H harness on a cable outside of the vehicle, following them down these streets, like with the camera literally in front of his face, just like doing this. It was insane. And it was actually really well done. Um, Storyline, plot, script, garbage. Um, But the action sequences themselves were really fucking entertaining. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like the gun manipulation, the, you know, like firefights, the hand to hand, like all that shit was just like, it was intense and it was always intense. It was just like from start to finish, just like there were a couple of lulls, but every time you're like, something bad about to happen. And then immediately something bad happened. Um, so as far as like any kind of that, or just like you want to just see like a good action movie and just let that be it and just see an action movie, I highly recommend uh, Extraction. Taquitos? Taquitos, I'd, I'd give it a solid... I, I, I can't give it four just because the script is really bad. Like, it's it's just it's just bad. And, well, and it's Chris an action Hulsworth, movie. When it, yeah. It, they, they, they overplay a lot of and, I, and I, I've said this a lot of different action movies of the times now because of you know the war on terror you have post-traumatic stress and and you know the, the guy himself or the main character is a you know uh, former special ops who becomes a mercenary type person and he deals with alcoholism and drug abuse and his own demons and shit like that and they don't really talk about you know the stuff that he did and war is more like family stuff and there's a scene where Chris Helmsworth is crying Aww. What's a Helmsworth? Is that like the Battle of Helms Deep? Chris, am I saying his name wrong? Chris Helmsworth? Hems. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? Yeah, no L. I think you're adding an L to it. Whatever. Chris Hemsworth. Is Arnold Schwarzenegger in it? <laughs> Halfway. Halfway. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it Michael Bay? No. And that's, okay. that's the only reason I like it. it. I'll watch it then. It's not yeah. Michael Bay. It's not Michael Bay at all. Did you it's, ever finish that other Michael Bay movie? I did. I could just because I, I, I had to minutes. just be like it was so bad. Porter, you you love some bad movies. I do. I, I can appreciate it for what it is because it, I get it, that. it will normally have something redeeming of it. And for me, it's more just like, all right, I'm gonna experience this. If it's a terrible fucking movie, it's a terrible movie. But at least I get to say, dude, how terrible was this fucking movie? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. But I mean, and they like, can make fun so of you. Like to turn your brain off for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. You just um, it's 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 a good 
it's it's more on the the action sequences like i said is more on the john wick side of the spectrum than anything else which i really really loved um they were really well choreographed um and he, he murders everybody like spoiler alert yeah geez. <laughs> there's a lot of close range pistol shots to the face like he goes for his secondary all the time like his main weapon jams constantly always <laughs> fucking pulling out his pistol in the guy's face um nice i finished the watchman uh last this past nice. weekend it's amazing it's i think it's the best show i've seen this year how'd um, you like that yeah tease? yeah guess it, what right that's all of it <laughs> yeah yeah you just yeah. got defended uh for anybody <laughs> turn off spoiler <laughs> alerts uh but oh, oh my Tom, god you didn't know huh yeah, he did. What? We told him. I don't no, think he did. Tom, we definitely told you. No, we said Firefly. He doesn't know what Firefly means. Okay, that's on us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tom, there's no second season. They canceled that shit. What? <laughs> oh, sorry, Bear. Wait, really? <laughs> For Watchmen? I scared crap out of Bear. Yeah, yeah Watchmen why? ain't coming back. Oh. I mean, unless a fucking miracle happens, but they, I think they said it's... There's a possibility it might come back, but... It was uh, the it was the uh, content or it was the creator, right? I have no idea, dude. That was so I thought it was good. a difference like, it, in it, artistic uh, uh, discretion or something like that. It was just like, no, nope, we're just HBO didn't want to deal with it. They were just like, we're not going to do another JJ. You know, it's just I it was amazing. Bear. <laughs> Nightmare. See, Nightmare. It, it touched so many different topics, whether it was religion, whether it was race relations, politics. It, it, it just it intertwined all of these undertones that made it just so good. And obviously, the, the acting was fantastic. God damn it. I didn't know that. Great fucking show. It was amazing. Uh, show. Uh, yeah, fireflies. Up there in that big HBO. In that HBO. The fireflies. Thing. Now I get I always thought they were big burning balls of gas <laughs> Pumba with you everything is gas so you're watching the wire for the first time you and hope uh, yes well, no, no, I got you've I was, where you yeah I got up to season three and then our good friend Nicholas Umo fucked a very big part for me mm-hmm. so I stopped watching okay. uh, but now we are four season four episode seven eight okay you're towards the end season Good. four Season four is awesome. Kids. Four seasons, very good. Yeah, McNulty is all fucking. He's all portered like, now. Like he, he's Gregory portered. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> do Do you uh, have a favorite season so far, Ian? I mean, three, but three. I think Agreed. two gets shat on way too much. Right. I like two. Like Ooh, I think, I like two. Also? I think that's, two is very two good. Is Meg, that's Megan's one of her favorite. What's one of her favorite seasons? Yeah, I really like it too. Like I love it. Yeah, I like this. I still feel like season two is why Umo hates unions, <laughs> and it's Locust <laughs> Point too. So it's like true. <laughs> I think he saw that and was like, "Nope, nope, hate him." <laughs> and they're making fun of Daniel Greeks is. too. <laughs> it's like the Greek wasn't even Greek. Like, yeah. Uh, Porter, have well, you watched is- Dave? So good. We finished it a few nights ago. Really? We just got, started last night. It. it is very much a Porter show. Dave, Little Dicky show on the FX. Little Dicky. No, I so haven't. Good. Dude, it's haven't. so 
funny. We watched four so episodes good. last night. I think actually the season oh, premiere or finals tonight or tomorrow night. We we finished it pretty fast. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. But we watched the first four episodes last night. Couldn't stop. It was so, so funny. It's fantastic. His, just, his cadence uh, just cracks me up. What about who else has watched the Middleton and uh, Schwartz? Uh, the first two. I, we watched. I watched the first two, and the first two were very good. I like the second one better. Benefit of the doubt. Anytime I see something improv, I'm just like, I saw the trailers for it. I can see Porter not. And when they it. came out, and they were just yeah, like Porter would love it. I was like, really? I mean, I love the two of them as comedians. I love the two of them. I think they're fantastic. I just. I'll 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 give it a shot. I think they're I think they're I think it's a lot funnier than I expected it to be. Me too. And and each person is funnier. Than, like the guy from fucking Social Network. I mean, Social Network. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Silicon, <laughs> Silicon Valley. Silicon he's Valley. So I'm not even drinking tonight. But yeah, the guy from Silicon Valley. He he's surprising. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He did he did a lot of uh, uh, YouTube shorts for Funny or Die. And he also did a he lot did? of stuff for um, uh, what's his face. Oh, he had a talk show on TBS for like a couple of years. Conan? Um, no, he was a writer for Conan. Um, what is his name? He's a big, tall, Nigel, goofy guy. Whatever. <laughs> he's remember. You, <laughs> so you remember those like Netflix uh, or not Netflix? Uh, X Men getting fired. Uh, YouTube things I sent you guys. Were like yeah. Jean Grey and Wolverine getting fired by Professor X. Nope. Remember those? Yeah. He was he was Gambit, and it was hysterical. I'll send you guys a link. Um, but he's it's Professor X firing Gambit from the X Men, and it's the greatest thing ever. And the guy from Silicon Valley is Gambit, and it's awesome. <laughs> oh, I gotta watch that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question for you guys. It's this is my so our neighbor. Um, has a little sign in the front yard with a question. Then she draws two circles and she has like. T- Please stop playing rocks. the drums. Sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wish I could hear you play the drums at this point, Thomas. Thanks, buddy. Um, so my neighbor has a sign. She asks a question. Then she has two circles on the ground with 30 rocks. And then you just place the rock on the answer with, on its respective circle. Did she clean that so, fucking rock? Yeah. They, is she wiping down these rocks? Yeah, I don't is know. that the question? The, the, fact, wipe the fact that they went through that much effort, we, we feel a need to uh, to answer to participate. Um, anyways, so the question today, and we talked about this before, but I want to ask it again because it's been years. Question was simple: What's better, TV or movies? Oh, TV. I said TV. TV. It's got to be TV. TV today is way more content. Movies. Way more content. Yeah. Yeah, there's and way better, better, and it's too. not a reboot, and it's not a fucking revamp or a fucking yeah. It's gotta be, TV. especially TV it, it, episodes can be as long as movies now. Like, look at Sherlock. Yeah, and, and, and also that, that you know, awesome. related, you know, top tier level ta- like actors are in television shows now. So yeah, um, where the money is. You know, I we immediately Danielle and I both put TV. Um, Movie was split, one. Actually. It was actually split. It was seemed like an even count between those who preferred movies over TV. Huh. I mean, it makes sense, but sure. I just think I just think TV is if way you, better now. If you were to ask yeah. me this like five years ago, I probably would have said movies. Yeah. Not anymore. 
Except for Game I of Thrones. Have... That's tough. God, I hated season eight. God damn it. God, it was the best season. What are you talking about? Bobby, I swear to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, our, yeah and fucking and Will of- Smith was a fantastic genie. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> that, that still pisses me off. I didn't say fantastic. Okay, I said for those, okay, no those one's a fantastic genie obviously. other than Robin Williams. I said he okay. was serviceable, if not good. No, you said you liked no, him. I liked no, him. Doesn't no. mean he's better than he's Robin Williams. Doesn't mean... Yes, he we is. Never said he's serviceable. No, no. There's Robin Williams and then there's... Yeah, and of course, but that's what every... Like, it was so you're blind but he's, Disney, It's so bad, but he's the best part of the movie. He's the best part of the movie. He's the best... It's a bad movie, but he's the best part. He's making... To me, no, he makes it worth the best part of the movie. You don't say that because she's hot. And it's Jasmine. Aladdin sucks now. I can't. I can't stand Aladdin. He, Genie, I, I, I won't. No, I hate it. Aladdin's Jafar so whiny. Yeah, Jafar. Jafar is also like twenty three. So I was like, what I the hell? Is I didn't this? make it like he's like younger than Aladdin. Twenty five minutes. I wanted to get to a whole new world, and then stupid. I was pot committed at that point. <laughs> it was. Oh my god! The whole new world was good. The though. moment, yeah. the moment they said he he was on the ship and he sat his kids down and started some terrible fucking Arabic accent. I was like, this is gonna be awful. This is gonna be horrible. And I, it was. I, I can't stand this right now. I like. like it. <laughs> Megan said today that she's like, we like Will Smith. I love Will Smith. But, but the, it was a no. terrible fucking movie. I'm it not saying a, it's a good terrible. movie. I'm just saying he's. <laughs> I am not going to watch Aladdin. <laughs> Tom, you should watch it. it just to confirm the fact that you're a sane person because Bobby's fucking lost yes. his goddamn mind. That, fair. Do that. Okay. Yeah. You can Bobby, only Megan did go today. He's yeah. like, I haven't seen the uh, uh, cartoon Aladdin in so long. And I was like, <laughs> We watched it here, didn't we? I, I know. She fell asleep. She fell asleep within like the first five minutes. Oh, uh, that's true. She doesn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't remember that part. I didn't even bring that up. I was like, We, whatever. We can watch it here. <laughs> We watched Mulan and then we watched Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. She, I don't think you and I. I know I didn't make it all the way through. I, I went did. downstairs. I did. I was yeah. up all night that night. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Dang we're running you. through the market. God, that was terrible. It's so bad. Can can like I wrap it up, up? Yeah, I can wrap it up as soon as they're done being wrong. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I swear to God. All right, this has been <laughs> the Put Me in Coach Podcast. Uh, thanks again to Robert Henson for joining the show. Good insight on the so Redskins draft fun. and the NFL draft. Shout out to Tom for setting that up. Again, being you're basically what? Do you text him? Text buddies with Robert Henson? Yeah. DM. Nice. Yeah. Text buddies with Robert Henson. Um, again, you can a follow a little bit of both. Yeah. That's cool. You can give him a follow again uh, for. I guess sometimes breaking Redskins news or just any other yeah. Redskins talk in football. Maybe at, not anymore. Apparently. Maybe not. But at Mr. Underscore Henson 51 on Twitter at Tom underscore Natalia for Thomas at Gregory on zoom for Greg at Ian underscore foster 21 for Ian myself. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco and PMIC podcasts across the board on social media. Also, don't forget we're on YouTube. Now you can watch all these video podcasts as well. Thanks to everyone who commented along and watched throughout the episode on Facebook live on our Facebook page. We really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun for us. Uh, we hope to be continuing to do this every kind of every week or so, if not twice a week. 
uh, since we don't have too much going on at nights, um, and maybe there'll be some more stuff to talk about. And of course, you can always check out the normal podcast as you would on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Again, thanks to Robert for hopping on the phone, or actually on the Zoom with us. For Ian, Greg, and Tom, I am Bobby. We will see you later this week or maybe next week. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you later. Bye. See you guys. My watch is ended. This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast. Squeeze!